Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. For those who are listening to the pod, yeah? So not visually, but just um, just listening. Wherever you are in the world right now, yeah? Take your phone out and Insta-snap me wherever you are. You don't have to pull it on your story, though. You can just... Um, you can send it to me personally... Uh, you can send it to at Chucky, at HalfCastPod, that's the Instagram, or Chucky Online, whatever you want to do, yeah? Just send it to me. Like, right now, as you're listening, take your phone out and just show me the scenery, like, wherever you're at, like, wherever you flipping are just at a computer, like, desk, or if you're flipping working somewhere or whatever it is, yeah? And also, tag the location. So, if you're in London, just tag London. Same with Birmingham, same with... Um, India, same with Australia, wherever you are, yeah, just tag the location of where you're at and inter-snap me. As I said, you can either, you, if you put it on your story, that's great. You don't have to, but um, just send it to me just so I can see because I find it mad interesting, like, mm. we're just looking at where people are consuming the pod and, um, and where you are as well. So that's that. So this way you've been doing this this whole time? Um, yeah, like... We, how long have we been in here now? In this particular one? This room? Yeah, in this room. It's been a couple of years. A couple of years now. Yeah, a couple of years. And then we did like a few months. We did a few months in the room over there. And then we, and was then we were across the road. For, for about a year and a bit. Yeah. At least, yeah. Yeah. And then like before visuals, we was in Acton and then we was Kensal Road. That was where I started, Kensal Road. Kensal Road. Yeah, there was a studio, uh, little studio bits in there. Um, this is nice really though, man. I love, I love, but I love West, man. Oh, uh, we're in, by the way. So, um, yeah, George the Poet's with me today. Yeah. Welcome, my brother. There. Yeah. Hey, there, bro. I'm good, man. See, I love it when dots connect. Mm. I love it when dots connect. Because remember, we said a couple of times, oh, yeah, man, boom, like, come on the pod, whatever. Yeah. By the way, you can lean back, by the way. Don't yeah. feel like you can't. The mic will pick and you by up. By the way, is my jacket noisy? No, it's calm. It's calm. Right. So yeah, the mic will pick you up. You can lean back. You can do what you want. You're, you're fine. Yeah. But um, then we was in Westfields recently. I think I was going. I was getting ready to go Ghana, innit? Yeah. Yeah. So you told me after, but at the time it was just a passing thing. Yeah. Quick. Very. Da, 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 da. 
I think I was going to get going to get the black um, or the white tees from Primark. Right. Yeah, that's not like, what I'm saying. It looked like one of them kind of because I was going to Primark for a certain similar yeah. one of them uniform right staple things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like quickly pop in. I need to because I got this thing to go to or whatever it is. Little yeah. holiday, like whatever you know, like that just casual. Quick. Yeah, just that quick thing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, before we even do anything, yeah, because you was asking me about studios and whatever, yeah, and you said you love West, and I'm with you on that, but elaborate on that. Dog, obviously I'm from Northwest. Yeah. And I'm from Northwest 10, which is almost West Northwest. Yeah. I mean, it is technically West Northwest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I lived, from I went to university, I've gone to Cambridge. I'm out there in the sticks. Cool, I adapted. Came back and I automatically thought it's not a good idea to go back to the ends. So I just avoided living in Northwest because I was building as George the Poet and, I, you know, it's not always, you know, like, it's not always good to be around the hood, frankly, bro. Sometimes yeah. there's a crab mentality and, I, and my ends had me kind of not paranoid, but my back was up and I was always on the lookout. Long story short, I was, um, I lived outside of Northwest and a, f- a few years ago, a good few years ago now, like midway through my 20s, I was like, I'm going back. Right. And now I'm here and I just see new stuff developing and people really, really being able to get it cracking. Yeah. Not far from the ends. I think we really need that. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. I love it. I love, I you love West. You see when you... Because uh, this is interesting, yeah? I was going to do all of this later, but we're here. Yeah. You see when... See, like, when you went out of the ends now, yeah? Yeah. And then, because you just said that, when you was coming back, you kind of realised straight away, mm. I don't know if it's a good idea to go back to the ends. Yeah. Did you realise... See, like, when you... See, see when you're in the ends, yeah? yeah? And you grow up in the ends, it is just what it is. A lot of the time, you just don't know any different until you come out. When you come out, you start realizing, oh, hold on. You might not even deep it straight away, but there becomes a period of time when you start thinking, I'm not looking over my shoulder. Like, I'm not like, yeah. I'm not thinking about catching a stray or yeah. getting caught up in a pass or whatever. You don't deep it immediately, but you over a period of time. And yeah. I think for most men from the hood, it was going to happen around your mid 20s. Mm. If. You're not super active. Certain man, it's, it's a different conversation altogether. But I remember, I think my, my teens had me parallel. My teens had me on point. My teens had me thinking that anything can happen in this area. Yeah. And then it took for me to go Cambridge, bro. It took for me to not only study sociology at the highest level, yeah, but to physically be out of the city. Yeah. For me yeah. to be able to just shrug some of that off and be like, you know what? You can create a different lane for yourself and you can trust the community to respect that. You can trust the man to respect that. Yeah. But that was a gradual thing, man. I didn't believe that that was... By the time I was 17, I thought that... You're just going to have to get out of the hood. Everyone has to get out of the hood. And more time, when see, when you leave the hood and that as well, yeah? You would think that people are not going to... Like, they're not going to respect that. Yeah. Because of the, the mentality that some people have within it. Yeah. But the fact that you are able to say, now you got to trust the fact that, like, it's going to be all right. Like, people will, like, mm. people will understand it. And I'll, most importantly, I'm doing this because there's a bigger thing at play here. Right. Right. 
Now, on that point, I'll be real, there's obviously a flip side to that coin because that's what Nipsey believed he was doing. Right. And that's what Nipsey was doing. And no one was doing it on the level that Nipsey was doing it. But um, so I do have these attacks of like, you know, um, conscience where I'm like, you have a responsibility to like remove yourself from this environment. And sometimes my brothers make little comments or my people might make little comments like, why you always got to be, you know what I'm saying? Why why you, why you do you love the hood? So one time my brother made a little comment like that, this guy loves the hood. And later on, my girl was making kind of comments like that as well. <laughs> it's funny. At first, yeah. yeah. When, one, when, it ha- when it's said one time, it's almost like a little joke kind of thing. When it's said a couple of times, you're like, oh, wait, wait, you look really like, what yeah. is happening here? Like my brethren had to, felt like he had to, stage a mini intervention not even that long Serious? ago which is mad because we've been in corona yeah. so we've been in lockdown it's not like I've been in the hood but he hadn't seen me for a while and one of the things that he felt like he had to say to me was bro you don't really need to be about like that well okay let me, let me ask you this <laughs> when they're saying that like what was you doing like just hanging outside on the block no that's what I'm saying was you so just chilling time, on the bricks it's, it's going to be a studio situation okay for me and where I don't rap anymore sometimes people don't understand it's like why do you need to be in the studio with them man why do you need to be around certain elements and I'm like why not number one well I, I know why not yeah I'll be, I'll be real yeah but Go on. number one where do you think I came from mm. you think I pulled this George the Poet thing out of thin air mm. no this is an adaptation of what I was doing when I was in my teens you get me with a bit more wisdom a bit more experience mm. and it's very necessary I can't still be me speaking to the things that I'm speaking to it might not always come across in what you see if you see me doing an advert or I'm on a BBC or whatever but trust me where it is important I'm putting in the work and I'm doing the listening yeah yeah it's mad actually because I, I you know one time I heard Giggs say um, what was it he was talking about are people were saying to him, like, why are you not there? And he was like, unless I got someone to go and see specifically, yeah. then yeah, I'm not really hanging around there because I fought so hard to get out of that. Right. But I think that more, I think he's speaking more from a mentality aspect as opposed to just being the physical aspect of being there. That. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, he's still there because there's still people there that he will need to go and see and whatever. Fact. But I'll go there and I'll see them. Yeah. But to be hanging around yeah. outside, yo, like we fought a lot to try and get away from that. Yeah, yeah. So why do I need to be there? For what? To, to what? To, in the eyes of keeping it real. And you know what what's is so that? funny? I, I wish that for Nipsey. To, I think about Nipsey a lot. Oh my God, man. That was a bit... That, and I'm like, I wish he had that. Like, I wish he was a bit more standoffish about the hood. I wish, mm. but it's a contradiction. This was actually on my mind this morning. The hood is built on contradictions. This is one of the reasons why I felt from an early stage that I'm going to have to create my own lane because you lot are going to get me killed, dark. Yeah. Like, the logic is driven by contradictions. So, we love our block. We're tied to our block. Many of us children of immigrants, our main cultural identity came from the block you get me so that's one fact but then the other fact is there's so much insecurity in this environment mm. that things will go wrong even when you're doing good 
Mm-hmm. Do you get me? There's economic insecurity. People literally, you don't know, like, people are struggling for money and you don't know what it's driving them to do without you seeing it in their face. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Certain people are under mad pressure, but you see them and you're next to them. So that's like, that's a contradiction of the hood. You love this place, but there's pressure built into it. And all of them contradictions, it's just what we have to learn to work through, especially as black men. It Mm. is what it is. So much has gone wrong by this point that it's just nice that, going back to what I was saying, you lot have this studio in West, in, West, in, in the ends. You see why I, say, why I said what I said now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it means so much to me when productive things, nice things right. are happening in the in area. A, right. Because it means we don't have to move out and we yeah, can yeah. make it work. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's, that's important as well, man. Like, to be able to have these things in, in those areas that are positive things so that we can still have our community in there and prosper in our community um, by having those type of things. Though that that to me is key. Preach. Because it's like, you know what? What is life really when we have to always go outside of our community to prosper or to find things to prosper? What is that? There's no real fun in that, really. Because ultimately, when you're away, you still kind of want to be back. Yes, There's bro, still something... I, in... I, I lived it. It's only because I went through that Going to Cambridge. By the time I went to Cambridge, that's just before I became George the Poet. I became George the Poet in my the month of getting to Cambridge, yeah. But leading up to that, <clears throat> my mentality was, I'm gone. I used to have a bar when I was at MC. When I blow, you will never see my face again. I hate the ends. I feel like the owner of Gucci working in H&M. Mm. I can't say that I'm one of them patient men. I'm trying to be ghost in the fastest, like Nicolas Cage and most of them artists. Homes where the heart is. Find my way, my heart on my sleeve. Everybody knows where my yard is. Mm. Can't sound hard to believe. Everybody knows I'm a paris. I'll only come back to go to the barbers. Cause I don't want to see these youths like most of their fathers. Yeah, I was yeah, mad, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. angry. And that's like, I'm, I'm glad that I wasn't famous them time there because I had so much anger and venom in a lot of what I was writing and it wasn't loving towards the community. It's only from being able to step away that I was able to become George the Poet, literally. Did you feel like you got? Did you feel like you started to love your, the community more when you was away from it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you hate it in the beginning. But no, so in the beginning, I loved it. As a child, I, I loved it. As a child, I loved it. We was in Saint Raphs. Shouts out to the whole hood. Sorry to anyone if you feel like I'm gonna say some stuff that you don't agree with. It is what it is. Mm. But I felt like when we were kids in the '90s and the 2000s. Um, yeah there was a bit of pressure like people were coming from difficult situations and there was a lot of angry kids in the hood but we were all uh, at least I would say we were all individuals we were all real do you get me now what I feel like happened was we hit high school and then we became identified by our block Mm. I saw it happen through my brother because he went to a local school my big bro and it's like people look at you as a raftsman now. Yeah, because the question is, where are you from? Yeah. I'm from Thing. This yeah. is where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so in my mind, when I'm asking you that and you tell me where you're from, I associate you with them man. I understand. And now, it's you in high school, you've got 12-year-olds sharing the same space as, in some cases, 18-year-olds, 16-year-olds. So if the 16, 18-year-olds from your hood, in your school, 
are setting the tone and, and making it know like rah and some of the manim are actually in certain situations then you're out of pocket you start feeling awkward you start feeling out of line if you do not play by those rules do you get what I'm saying or you're just going to become irrelevant this is the the, the problem you know the, the situation that a lot of young people go through when they are in school unfortunately now by God's grace my parents had the idea of sending me out the end so I avoided a lot of that which is why to this day I've got good relationships in the hood mm. because mm. things never went left in school that's my theory anyway 100% bro 100% but also maybe as well maybe because even though you came from that yeah you may not have been directly associated to my man who did my man this exactly because I think as well yeah where a lot of things changed especially for us yeah I think when we were younger, there was, I'm from West, yeah? But like we had, like there was a, we were making, we were making lemonade out of the lemons that we got in it, yeah? Come on. Yes, the lemonade, we was, it was we were spraying it all over the place and it wasn't always, you know what I mean? We were just doing all types of fuckery with the lemonade, yeah? <laughs> but it was still fun. I think the innocence got taken away a little bit when someone died. Yeah, that happens. Yeah? And when someone dies, that's when it becomes a whole different type of thing and it becomes a lot more real in that sense. And now, you know, you've got retaliation in that because you know what? We can't allow thing. 100%. Yeah, so, and then when you are, when you are directly associated to that, mm. that's where it becomes very techy because mm -hmm. no matter where you go after that, you are still associated with my man mm. who did thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if my if these lot now see you, they're not thinking, ah, oh, you know what? Like that's he's not from, and, and that's why beef is people get caught up in so much. Like so much people get caught in collateral damage, you know. Collateral well, you know? damage. Like beef is a losing game. Anyone who knows beef knows that it's about who can lose for the longest, isn't it? Oh yeah, for real. Right, you gotta lose. You gotta be resilient to lose. It's got. It's like Joe. You've got to be accepting of the situation to an extent. Yeah. But uh, I heard a man say the other day something that really touched me. He was like, most of these youths don't really know the olders that like that, the olders that started the beef. No, no. They're no. not really connected to the olders no. like that. Yeah. But um, like I was saying, something happens around high school. Everyone becomes identified by the block and you're just inheriting whatever the block presents you. Yeah, with. yeah. And I just think, if you listen to any big rapper's story, it's the same thing. Every rapper, every like street rapper in this country, in America, in Jamaica, probably in in Africa, but I haven't investigated it too tough over there. But you listen to all of them, they'll tell you the same thing. It was nice when we was younger. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then I guess our generation started wilding. Over here in Northwestern London, my generation, I'm 30 now, my generation, I remember the oldest being baffled that we were in knife problems. Like, how are you lot dealing with knives when you're youths? And back in the day, we just used to have punch-ups. And if it got to that, if it got to that, it was straight wah. And if yeah, it yeah, weren't yeah, that, yeah. then there's no point. Yeah, there wasn't... Like, I know, it's mad. Is it mad to say, yeah, that, like, the knife thing is almost like the in-between of, like, either it was a fist fight, man was getting rushed, or man was coming out with a gun. Yeah, and it was a complete madness. The knife thing was just, like... Like, like the, and you can see it in these youths now because when they're like, like 
about to get into something, something's about to crack off. The knife is basically their fist. Yeah, yeah. Like they that's their version of I'm fighting now. Yeah, yeah. Backed out my thing. And it's like there's probably a lot of accident murderers because of that. A lot of men that didn't think that they'll be doing a 30. I feel like there's a, I feel like the majority are, you know. Not for them, especially them I, I, uh, joint, ent- joint enterprise youths. 100%. Sitting on IPP right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, that's how fighting transformed. But that's why I say it's interesting when you look at the rappers then. Because in America, it's like, why is all of this happening to the black youths? Do you think men are wired that way? No, certain things have happened to all of us. For example, yeah, were, were you on a council estate when you grew up? Yeah, yeah. What was the majority of? I was. Mine was actually white. It was a white estate. Yeah, yeah. So like, I I dealt with racism. Right. So are they still there today? Um. What the? Is it who, still a, who, a majority white estate? I don't think so. Now I've I haven't been there for a minute. I haven't so, been there for a minute. Okay, so that's one thing that happens, right? Uh, working class white areas get populated with immigrants this is council housing so the council has told man where to live yeah. somehow as you look around in this poor situation yeah it's med- med- predominantly immigrants majority like in my case black immigrants so all sorts of black people from around the world that have arrived in England have been told to live there mm. okay then another thing that happens across all of these different neighbourhoods is that the authority of the olders, and I don't think this is just a black problem or a hood problem, the world has gone like this, the respect for elders has generally declined, so it's not as common for someone who's not your parent, or not the parent, to be able to chastise a young person yeah, just on a whim, because the young person's acting up, without them getting bad up. Do you yeah, know what I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Back in the day, someone's mum. 100%. That's just auntie. Auntie said, calm down. Auntie said, stop climbing, stop jumping on the chairs on the bus. You're going to respect the fact that auntie said that. And and a lot of the times, the parents actually knew each other as well. Yeah, yeah. So there was more of a community yeah, thing yeah. anyway. But over time, these are the things that we've all gone through that have led to a situation now, yeah, where the youths don't think, they don't have conflict resolution mechanisms. There's no version of disagreeing with a man for some people in some of these environments that is like, it can end when, with us actually being friends. Nah, yeah, that doesn't, I don't know if that happens. Like that. We could just exchange ideas, yeah. maybe even have a little, little, little fisticuffs, and then, but we're good. Like now I see him and I laugh at that time. We had a little punch up back in the day. Yeah. I don't think they see it like that. They see it like enemies. That's why we have this word ops. Mm. And the certain men are just the enemy, like like Satan blood. So how do you reason with that? You know what is interesting, what you said, yeah? Listening to you speak reminded me of the different times and patterns in how certain things would be resolved. So at one point it was parents, like, or as you said, like a parent would be able to come in and chastise, you know, you and let them, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Then there was just the older. So like, there'd be something going on or whatever and the older would be able to say, what, you lot are, let me just ring the other older from this place here. So let's say my older might ring my man from whatever and say, look, like, can you control you? Control mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. like, it's cool. He's a good you, like, it's not, he's a good you, man. Just like, allow yeah. it, all right, cool, whatever, fine. Yeah. Now, there's not, none of that. Like, I don't, I, like, 
when I speak to certain olders of like my age and whatnot, none of them are not able to ring, make a phone call and say, oh, like, you lot, allow it. Like, what's they going on? The they, don't... they all say the same thing. They say the youngers are crazy, innit? Yeah, but... The youngers gotta eat. The youngers do what they do. Like, as if the youngers have nothing to do with them. I think we have to be careful, though, the way that we talk about them. The reason why is because, yeah, there's evidently problems in that, yeah? But if we keep talking about how crazy they are and talk about them as if, as if they are animals, they may actually start living up to that even more so. I hear that. I hear that. Language you start believing powerful. it. You start believing it. Yeah. If, I, if if the more that you the people keep telling you, ah, oh, they're lost, man. Yeah. Like, forget about them, man. They're lost, but we gotta wait for the next generation to come through. Yeah. Like, I know if I was a kid and I kept hearing that, at some point, that is... I'm, I'm going to live with that at some point. It's going to take someone of a certain type of level head that I respect that will be able to talk me out of that. Do you know what I mean? Narratives, bro. Did you did you catch Kwame Brown when he blew up on the internet a couple of months ago? Yeah, with the whole situation in um, was it Charlemagne and that? Where yeah, yeah, it started slightly before Charlemagne, but Charlemagne exploded it. So right. basically... Yeah, explain for people who don't know. Yeah, yeah. Kwame Brown is an ex-basketball player, right? Right, ex-NBA yeah. player. He was in the league for like 13 years. Yeah. Um, at the time, he was the number one draft pick straight out of high school. Yeah. But he never really got his flowers. He never really got ratings. In fact, he was ridiculed throughout his whole career. And it started... Yeah, his career never like materialised into a LeBron. But like I said... He was in there for 13 seasons, but... Why was he Why was he ridiculed, by the way? All right, so this is... good. And remember, the whole point I'm trying to make is about narratives and what you say and what you put in the air. So he was saying that he noticed the media, he calls it the go-along, get-along gang, yeah? Yeah. They seem to have an agreement that he was blackboard, that you won't get no ratings, that you won't get no shine. At the, at, at the time, the way it came out was that everything that was said about him publicly was negative. He's saying, raw. They knew what time it was with me in it. They knew that I was about the people. They they knew that I came from the mud. My 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 um my father was a lifer. Did you get single mum situation? Yeah, yeah. As soon as I got interviewed, I said I just want to provide more opportunities for more kids, and they didn't like that. So that was his. That's what he's explaining now. And the more he unpacks it, he goes into like how Michael Jordan was behind him getting drafted into the NBA right? straight from high school. right? But Jordan did it as a tactical move because he really wanted another youth from, I think he was in the Bulls. But, you know, like he just had to get this like overrated player and, you know, like swap him out when he had the opportunity, you know? Because Jordan was running the Wizards, I think, the Washington Wizards yeah, yeah, at the yeah. time. So boom. Or he was playing for them, just running them behind the scenes. Anyway... He's saying that no matter how I performed, yeah, the narrative was that I'm a bust, I'm a waste of time. Pugba. Do you get me? I'm dead out here. Sounds like a Pogba. Like, yeah, right. So we're going to create a narrative and just yeah. push it on this youth. And we're never going to talk about his numbers. <clears throat> we're never going to talk about his performance. We're going to... And, and it's mad because ever since Kwame Brown blew up on YouTube, I've revisited a lot of what I've consumed in the media and I've looked at it differently. Mm. because he's saying if you look back this was the rise of like opinion based sports journalism where you have a whole show 
of man just talking about how they feel about individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how and they so, feel and, about uh, how much money these individuals are getting right. paid. Right, and so ultimately opinion is not fact. Right. And if you have certain feelings towards someone, then your uh, opinions are going to almost sway a certain type of way. 100%. Right, right. So he's laid that out, yeah. And I've, I've gone raw because he's talking about people that I kind of liked before. People like Stephen A. Smith. I knew he got a lot of um, yeah. criticism. But he's like one of them very animated American, African-American um, sports commentators, yeah. he's And he gets a little bit like heated, a bit rude when he talks and that. So yeah, I used yeah. to watch it for that reason. Mm. But looking back now, he's running his mouth about all of these black youths who are, the way Kwame Brown has made me see it, these are literally kings. And it's true. Mm-hmm. They're kings. They've made it to the 1%. Yeah, less yeah. than 1% that have, that have gone pro. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, they might not have a Michael Jordan level game every single game, but they're doing bits. Mm. And you, man, who don't play, you've never played on this level. You've got a lot of verbal for these youths. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? And it's like, he was he was saying that it's all a ploy to lower the value of their contracts. Right. So that um, other... You, you understand other managers and, 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 and GMs and stuff can get them on get them for the low really right 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 so I heard that and I was thinking about like narratives a lot and I noticed Charlemagne you know doing things that just don't make sense like yeah, drawing well, the I saw out. I saw and I remember immediately I watched this I thought cause I don't uh, one thing I don't really do yeah is that so, a lot of the time when I watch certain things I don't really read the because co- sometimes I feel like reading the comments occasionally can it can sway your opinion on stuff as well. Do you get what I'm saying? But I've watched something that Charlemagne did and I thought, let me just see if anyone else noticed this. Because I thought it was, I thought it was outrageous. And it was, like, I think it was when he was saying, oh, you know what, leave him alone because, let me tell you this, his dad did a madness, his brother did a madness, they buried a woman underneath the fit, like doing, and I was like, whoa, 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 why is no one stopping this guy? Wait, is this just me? So that's why I went and I looked and I thought, and instantly in that moment, yeah, without me even knowing who Kwame Brown was, I sympathised with him immediately because I thought, this isn't like, this could go a whole other way. Mm. I mean, in, in, I think what ended up happening was a lot of people saw that was wrong and was like, yo, like you, you're moving mad, bro. But that at another time, that could have went a whole different way. Oh, you're right. Is that what was going on? Now we need to stay away from what does that do to him? Mad. And then how does that affect his mind? Mad. And you know what you're doing. So after that, I went back and I looked at the Charlemagne Monique interview. And I see the same thing when Monique yeah, yeah. was saying that she's not getting paid, paid. enough from Netflix, right, etc. Right. And I see like, He's just making her sound dumb for no reason. Mm. She's actually a very well-spoken woman. She gave me good vibes, auntie vibes. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Very professional, very intelligent. Knew her stuff. She had all her facts. And it's Charlemagne in position. And what Kwame Brown is saying about this whole situation is that there are people that are literally paid to influence you lot negatively against individuals according to the interests of, you know what I'm saying? The Mm -hmm. the people that run the media. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And it's like, yeah. True. But anyway, going back to what you're saying about the youth then. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be careful because we don't really know the stats when we're saying that the, the youths are crazy. How do we don't know that they're that much I mean some stats I actually know. Yeah. But things have been mad. Young yeah. um There's definitely young, a problem, but you could never take away from the fact there's a 100%, problem. Hundred percent, but I think there's been a problem. As the youth them always try and say when you talk about drill, 
there's been a problem. It's just expressing itself in different ways mm-hmm. through the music sometimes, making people want to talk sometimes. Yeah. Uh, that's why I sent you that episode on my podcast. Yeah, yeah, oh, we'll get into that actually. Yeah. Like, but even then as well, like the flipping, like uh, even some of the weaponry, yeah, that I see in now is, like, I was watching um a little clip of like these youths having some issue in Hyde Park, yeah. And I see these youths running around with these swords, yeah. And like, I laughed because no one was hurt. But I laughed off the back of the fact that like, the weaponry was so large that like, if I not say like, if I got an issue with a youth and he backs that out on me, yeah. yeah. I know I'm safe. Do you know why? Because you can't run with that. <laughs> that thing's so mad. Like you see, like the man, like, they don't have the, you need to have a certain. You need to have, have four forearm, and this bit has to be thick, yeah, to run with that. And because enough of them don't have that, I'm, I'm ah, yeah. Man. You know when you hold something, and you yeah. start doing they that. They look like so they look like the swords in Aladdin. Yes, it literally the that. Literally ones. that. Yeah. But the the downside on that is is that that that, that goes viral, and then you get two sets of utes. Well, make like three sets, but I'm going to focus on just two for the, the purpose of the conversation. Come yeah. on. But um, they'll do like one of two things, yeah? They'll say, rah. One will be like, what? Is this what man's... So I need to make sure that I've got my ones yeah. like, bigger than that. Yeah. But then also you got utes that are like, rah. Deep down in their heart, they're petrified mm. and scared to death. Yeah. And so because of that, that's why I'm holding this. Yeah. yeah. It's not because ultimately like I'm I'm some bad you or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah, they might be feeding into a little bit of a stereotype um, unintentionally, yeah. Mm. But like, no, nah, I'm scared, isn't it? And if mm. I'm out every day and I feel like someone's backing something out on me, so I'm going to have to have something as well. And yeah. that's what, when you were talking about accident murderers, I feel like there's a lot of that where someone's not, yeah. not, not on the... Um, mm. um, by he's got something and so I've gone gone yeah. to jail because of something that he's done. No, him in particular, he mm. didn't he doesn't want that. He doesn't yeah. want to roll with that. Yeah. But he feels like he has to roll with that because yeah, yeah. I remember I was speaking to one um kid one time here yeah, and he was telling me about going to school. Like he lives in one area, but he had to go to like Lewisham to go to school. But he had to go through a bunch of different areas to go to school. And he was telling me how stressful it was here. Yeah. <laughs> and it made me think in my head like when I was going school, that was like, I wasn't even nearly thinking about that. Furthest from your mind. In, in school, there was a couple of things that were going on and all of that type of stuff or whatever. Mm. But on the way to school, mm. like the thought of thinking, rah, like, I'm going to get on the bus, but you know what? I might have to go on the lower, might have to be on the ground thing. So not go up the stairs, go on the ground and go at the back with the old people and, and sit there just to, and try and be inconspicuous. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. a man, that's nuts to me. For but, a 14-year-old to be thinking that is outrageous. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, but I was thinking that when I was 14. That's nuts. It, you know, and it's not, but it can't run. And it's like, really, the sad news is that it's on us, bro. Mm. And it's not even sad because we're, 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 we're made for it. We're from the community and we understand the youth better than any government in this country or any like police force ever will. We actually understand the youth How many young people connect with you because you're Chucky? 
Hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like most teachers don't have that level of influence. Hmm. And we're keeping their attention. You get you get views every single week. You see what I'm saying? Do you think like we you know you mentioned earlier you said um it's about losing the longest, yeah? Yeah. Do you feel that like in some way you almost have to lose to win? And the reason why I say that, yeah, is because if you're trying to win, mm. what does win look like to them? To some of them, winning looks like getting the upper hand and losing looks like getting the lower hand, essentially. Yeah? Mm. So to lose to win, do you almost have to say, do you know what? I'm going to take this L, mm. or whatever it is. Mm. I'm done now. Mm. I'm... I, you know what I lost I had to do that like, I lost I, I I would recommend that like when you said lose to win I don't really know where you're going with it but literally that's a rule that I accept in life and I would re- I would recommend that to a lot of you you have to accept discipline is controlled submission you get me if you're disciplined about where you want to be in life you will choose your L's you're comfortable with you understand that there's a trade off I'm trying to be there and sitting down for my next three birthdays is going to set me back more than three years. Mm. So I'm just going to have to step step aside and, and take that L. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's not always that easy. It's, for not, some. Yeah, it's not always that straightforward. There's a lot of, a lot of um, things in play, even with like understanding how your own pride works and how you deal with that and like internal stuff as well as external things. Mm. But I think that, um, I think that one thing that I have learned anyway for myself is that like, I don't always feed into the negative tone of a word. So say like, say in this context yeah. now, you could say Ra, bro, you lost. The word lost yeah mm. seems mad mm. what do you mean I lost bro I'm trying to win mm. but sometimes that that it's like the way that my ego has taken the word lost is what is now going to contribute to me trying to win Facts. but ultimately losing in that context isn't a bad thing yeah do you get what I'm saying yeah. so it's like Sometimes you hear certain types of words or whatnot and you think, that's not me or what. Okay, I'll, I'll use a better, another analogy actually. Um, emotional. Mm. Uh, like you're emotional. Mm. At a point, my ego would react by saying, yeah. emotional, bro. I'm not emotional. Yeah. Even reacting that way is being emotional. Emotional. Even reacting that way is yeah, being emotional. Where your mind has flown to. Yeah, 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 yeah. But okay, hold on, wait. Let me actually look at the actual what that word actually means. Yeah, yeah do I feel emotion sometimes? Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I am, I, I'm emotional. Literally. It's the energy that you put onto words because if you associate emotional with like emotional intelligence, so yeah, right. I know how to read people. Yeah, you know, then you would see that as a positive thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you're saying, still. Um, so you was like, oh yeah, my podcast is coming back, whatever. Yeah, um, there's an episode I want you to hear. Yeah, and um, I'd like to discuss it. And I was like, okay, cool. I think you sent me a message. It was like Vibes Cartel versus Movado, yeah. Mm. And I was like, that's interesting mm. because 
I grew up listening to all of this. So, and I, I, I'm familiar with your podcast, isn't it? So I know that there's a story being told. Like, I know how you deliver. If you haven't, yeah. Do you know what? T- today, that's going to be, there's one thing I do at the end where I always say, like, what is one thing that people need to know about, yeah? Okay. I'm going to do that with you, but you have to do it. You have to recommend something that is not your own thing. It's got something that you read, a book, a documentary, a brand, whatever. We do that later. But I'm going to recommend yours for people who doesn't, who haven't, are not familiar with it. Yeah. But you was like, okay, yeah, I want you to listen to it. Does that the episode came out today, right? Was it yesterday? Yeah, today. today. Yeah. Oh my god, it is such a good episode. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and I really want to try and deep dive into this a little bit. Firstly. Why? Why? <laughs> why talk about Movado and Vibes like 13 years after the fact? Mm, it's been on my mind for 13 years and it was such a big part of my childhood and it tells us so much about us as young black men that I think that's a story that I had to tell. Mm. It's very interesting because there's so much things that you said in it, which I'm going to like, there's a couple of quotes that I'm going to bring up as well, yeah. But you're, what, what heritage are you, by the way? I'm Ugandan. Ugandan, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Jamaica. So like, but it's an environment thing, isn't it, from how you even... There you uh, go. Right. Where I grew up was, was very Jamaican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, what I want you to, what, what I want you to talk about is, and I'm, I've done it a little bit on the pod before on like previous episodes. But what I want you to discuss is almost the the environment that they were born into, which you talked about, yeah. And also an element of their beef because there's going to be a lot of people that are watching this that do not know like the significance of a, a Vibes Cartel and a Movado. True. True. All right, so... Where'd you start? Hmm. So, Vibes Cartel was born in 1976, yeah? Yeah. There was an election that year. Just remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an election that year. Movado was born four years later, 1980. Again, there was an election that year. Yeah? People should know that these are two of the most violent elections in Jamaica's history. Facts. Let me just leave that there. Anyway, fast forward about 20 years and 20 plus years, they're, they're blowing up as international stars. Dancehall has gone through a phase. It's gone through many phases. Many. Dancehall was born around the 80s as it was. Mm. But then through the 90s with Bounty Killer really patterning the gunman sound yeah, yeah. and the gunman style. And I guess Beanie Man patterning that international dancehall Sing J kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, from there, I'd say the next big milestone is Sean Paul. Yeah, yeah. He's taken dancehall in a more international direction. Again... Commercially, like, taking it to a, com- a very different place. Different thing. Yeah, yeah. Different thing. We had never seen anything like it, yeah? Um, and again, more of the singing thing than the gunman thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, Sean Paul's thing's not... Re- he's got them. Yeah. He's but he's not really been that. There. Yeah, yeah he's not really been that. And that's not be like, especially with the, like, going with the commercial stuff. It's still very dancing in, in, in um, a lot of aspects of it. Yeah. And even the way that he delivers it. But it hasn't, it's not, 
He yeah. doesn't perpetuate Much the, more for the girl. It, yeah. And it's, it's a good time vibe. I love yeah. Sean Paul's music. Yeah. I, I have no preference either way. It's a, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It works in all types of clubs. 100%. Now, um, you would think that with Sean Paul taking it international in the way that he did, Dancer would, back home, go in that direction. But for some reason, it went the opposite direction. <clears throat> well, it went in the different directions, yeah. There was the dancey direction. Yeah. Elephant Man. Yeah. Also making it more of an international movement. Right. <clears throat> but then there was the street direction. Yeah. And the streets, by the time I was 15... That's what I... By the way, I was drawn to that. I was... Mad. That, was, that became my... Mm. You know, there's crack in it. Yeah. You get me? Yeah. <laughs> the street, dancehall, gunman sound was blowing up. It's mad because internationally you would associate with it, it with the party thing, the Sean Paul thing. But at the same time, here where there's a lot of Jamaicans in Northwest London, dancehall was like, it was street music. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, get yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you step outside and all of the mandem would be listening to some, you get me? And and you know what, even Alliance when you say street, yeah, as well, it's like, literally street music as well. Because it's like sound system music. You exactly. know? Like all of that is derived from sound system culture, which is stringing up a sound system on this street, exactly. essentially. Yeah. That's why it's street, that's why it works yeah, in the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So boom, I'm going. I'm growing up around this era. Let's call it the Alliance era. So Alliance was a little family of artists created by a Bounty Killer, right. the generation after him. So Busy Signals, yeah. Vibes Cartel was in there, Mavado was in there. Yeah. Okay. So that it's all started off well and good, and this is Bluetooth times, isn't it? So. For those that won't, will have missed this era, Bluetooth was a thing that allowed us to send songs from each other's phones, innit? So songs are moving through the hood very quickly, basically. Uh-huh. And um, out of nowhere, to in my mind at the time, Movado, one of the biggest like stars of Alliance, just starts warring with Vibes Cartel. Yeah. Now, this was interesting to me because they were like two different sides of my brain. Movado was the I, I used to love R&B as a kid innit yeah. so Movado was the singer one yeah and he, he was could, smoother he could make it sound like gospel music gangster gospel yeah that was Movado yeah Yeah. but Vibes Cartel was a real rapper at them time there yeah yeah you might know him more as a singer Sing J now yeah but them times he was the Eminem yeah of Jamaica he was on smoke he was on crud he was Literally, on, yeah. Like the things that came out of his mind were mad creative. It was I used to call him vibes cartoon because it's okay. like watching a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bare different characters doing mad stuff, and lyrically, really he good was well. my favorite MC at the time. I was developing as an MC. My favorite MC was Gets. I like Maltese. Mm. I like complicated rhyme schemes in it, and you could trust Vibes Cartel for that. So I did. I was like, right, it's like uh, kickboxing versus. Like a diff, like like jujitsu or something. Mm. It's two different styles of of of, of combat in it. So I don't know which which ones. But if anything, Movado really had man at the time. I was like, Movado yeah. can't be can't be tested. Do you get what I'm saying? But Vibes Cartel not only held his own, he ended up dominating the clash and adapting his style. But either way, 
it caused a split in Jamaica in, exactly in, in that. the street music. And just, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. This, like, for people who are not who are not aware, yeah, like, this was one of those situations, literally, yeah, where, you know, you have the big rapper over here and you have a big rapper over there and you can't, you can't be in the middle. <laughs> you cannot be in the middle. Everyone pretty much is, kind of has some sort of, yeah. Even a small understanding of a Tupac and Biggie, for example. Yeah. At that time, it was the, the same time. thing. You could not, you didn't like both. You was either here or you was over there. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And you still, you get elements of that now in like clashes today a little bit, but it's not, it's not culturally yeah. like this. Yeah. It's not like, oh, like we all are over here and, we, and everyone's yeah. all over there. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. But over there, it was like Gaza, Gali, that was it. You had a side. If you was, if you lived in a certain area, essentially you inherited that side anyway. Hundred percent. And as far as I can tell, that divide remains there today. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you go to Jamaica, you still see like graffiti of Gaza and Gali. You still and see it, stuff. and even if you look at the the dancehall scene in Jamaica, a certain man can't really collaborate. There must be there must yeah, be mutual yeah, yeah. respect. Yeah, everyone's cool. I I think. Every time you get a warring generation, the generation after them are a little bit cooler after yeah. a, a while. Yeah. So people seem to be a bit more respectful of each other. But yeah, that, that Gaza Gully thing was real. And like the, the older I've got and the more I've reflected on it and I've seen how their lives have panned out because it is obviously, there's a lot of tragedy that happened after that. Mm. A lot of tragedy, a lot of loss, a lot of time in jail. A lot of waste, a lot of death. The more I'm like, nah, we need to study this. Mm. It was um, you brought up a couple of things in there that I didn't even know as well. By the way, like I didn't know that Mavadam relocated to Miami for a bit, or went went there for a bit, yeah. and then came back and whatnot. And I thought that's that's interesting. Even what you was talking about earlier, where you were saying about like being in a certain environment, but kind of wanting to go back. And then he went to Miami, but home is where the heart is, isn't it? 100%. Home is where the heart These is. And the then going back in his son. Remember I said the hood is built on contradictions. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Home is where the heart is. But like, oh, what a story, man. And I look at, I look at Vibes Cartel, yeah, and I think to myself, actually, before I even go to that, we, I was having a conversation the other day, yeah? This, might, this episode might come out before that episode yeah but I was saying to myself because I've been thinking about this a lot like when why did it change I kept saying to myself why did the music change like what was happening for it to change the way that it did and I say this because before all of that before the dancehall era before the, the, the like all of that the, the gangsterism that was in it and stuff like that yeah there was a lot of love in music and right. There was a lot of love in music and the way the artists would sort of talk about things that were going on in their area, like it would be in reggae music still because you'd have artists like reggae artists that were like very political. That's they were it very, very, very political. Yeah, it yeah. started with them criticising right. the system, the order, the way things are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it just became kind it, of Because there was love and there was that. Yeah. There was love and then there was that. That's yeah. what it felt like, you know? Yeah. And that's and, what the that's that's what the Rasta influence of Harsden gave me. Right. It gave me that balance of you can love your community, but you can be strong 
in the face of injustice. And I love that about Rastas. The Muslims also came with the, the same energy. But there's something that happened to us, bro. There's something. They did something to us. Well, this is it. Because when you was... What you mentioned, yeah, you talked about the elections at these times, yeah, when these lot were born. And then what ended up happening after those elections, even with the importation of, of drugs and weapons, I feel like that is... That's the part. That's the missing That's link. the part. That's the missing link. No matter. You, everything changes then. Do you get, understand what I'm saying? Everything changes then. How, how we deal with issues... If you've, if there's been an importation of some type of weapon, weaponry in a community now, yeah, yeah. that we're not even that familiar with yeah. like that, yeah, yeah. Traditionally, Wait, let, me, let me let me break it down for people that don't know what we're talking about, yeah. So so, like I said, very violent elections in in seventy six and and eighty in Jamaica. The reason these elections were so um, peak is because there were two different ideologies. On the one hand, there was Michael Manley who was all about empowering workers, empowering the people, like Jeremy Corbyn, yeah? And on the other hand, there was Edward Siaga, who was more like Ma- Margaret Thatcher. He right. was literally... That was a good analogy, actually. He was literally, like, uh, respected by Margaret Thatcher. He was very cosy with Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, right-wing politicians that were straight, let's get this money, I don't want to hear all of that worker shit, I don't want to hear all of that re- rebellion strike communism you get me like we're straight capitalist you know upholding the status quo kind of kind of thing so because of that divide the streets got mad hot and because america was getting uncomfortable with all of this talk about communism and you know like all of this like the jeremy corbyn vibe yeah america wasn't feeling that america got the cia to fuel violent conflict on the streets of Jamaica to get basically politicians in power a change yeah. of leadership yeah, yeah, they yeah. wanted the JLP in they wanted the PMP out no disrespect no disrespect to anyone I'm sorry if anyone feels like I'm talking out of turn but this is all historical fact at the yeah. same time isn't yeah. it uh and yeah like it, it gets a bit techy I was about to say something else but I, we can't get too too deep into yeah, that yeah, because yeah. the situation is to an extent still a little bit live I said a lot on that episode anyway which yeah of course yeah, we're going to see lot. how yeah, that you lot have to, I'm telling you yeah <laughs> go, you have to, I'll tell you how to go and listen to it in a bit but um, but yeah that's why they were fueling guns and drugs and then so that changes now how we deal with issues and beef and all of that exactly. type of stuff is it's all different all different so and, when and, we go and in the studio, the same thing happened in in America. You know, remember they did the same thing to black people in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the eighties, what did they do? They they allowed the Nicaraguans to push crack. Yeah. In African America. Yeah, yeah. In as payment for them fighting against communism in in, in Latin America. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like these governments, like I said, the government of Jamaica, the government of Britain, and the government of America, they were all very friendly. Siaga. Ronald Reagan, Thatcher, and they all had the same world view. I don't want to hear all that Jeremy Corbyn justice for the people shit. Yeah. We're, we're, we need to get money. We need to make it easy for people to get money. Yeah. They treated black people the same. They had the same policies with black people. Remember, that's what I was asking you about. 
what it was like in your area growing up. The white working class areas of the cities were being pushed out, mm. or were moving out. Mm-hmm. The immigrants were being pushed into in. these poor areas. America did it. Them lot did it. It's happened over here. So when you see the youths them with these Aladdin blades, mm-hmm. yeah, getting all medieval with their thing, you know where it comes. It's not an accident, bro. Mm-hmm. That's why I have to tell Chain these stories. Reaction. Real talk. Chain reaction, bro. Real talk. It's yeah. It's because even when you was talking about like the same thing happened in America, going to the music side of it as well, they were dancing. Before all of that, they were dancing. There was love. There was all of that type of stuff. Yeah, but then socially things changed. And even when, even when, they, even when it was changing, they're still dancing. Because remember, you got to think when the crack and all of that was coming in, they were still off their face dancing and all of that type of stuff. Hundred. That's when rap was born. Right. The weaponry comes in and that now things start to become a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And my and and as a you, I'm growing up and I don't feel like I want to dance like that. Really. Exactly. I don't feel like that. I don't. And I don't really love these man. But I don't know why I don't really love them. But I it know. just it's just safer to just now be part of my block look what happened so we just talked about Kingston and the east coast yeah of America look what happened in the west coast like you said everyone was dancing before yeah that's what was happening in LA they were on some dancing yeah, thing yeah. in the 70s they had when, that's where the Jericho culture came from and all of the music that they were playing all of that George Clinton west coast thing yeah yeah, yeah. cool by the end of the 60s the Crips were born. Yeah. By the time it got to the 80s, crack allowed Crips and Bloods to get money. Yeah. So, pushing crack gave them more money to buy more guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Finance the thing. So, by the time Stoop, Snoop is, is stepping out off the stoop, by the time Snoop is a worldwide, a worldwide star, yeah, Crack, uh, crip culture, crack culture, drug culture, gun culture, it's all blended in with this black identity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, they, yeah. they did us dirty. Yeah, it's bro. mad. It's mad. And going back to the the episode, yeah, with Vibes Cartel and, and Movado, yeah, I feel like it's a story that really gets deep into what it is like to really be a product of your environment. Do you know that? And I think that, I think that for vibes, yeah, his thing spiraled out of control so much, yeah. I think in his own mind, he felt like he was in control of it, but he became, he definitely became a nuisance because it became, he did become very powerful. He had a lot of influence, but there's one thing that you said that I thought was quite interesting where you talked about, um, or, it was the opinion of people. It was on free speech. Mm-hmm. And you said something about, because um, Vibes Cartel, they banned him from doing shows. So he wasn't allowed to go anywhere. He wasn't even allowed to do shows in Jamaica. Yeah. It wasn't even a, just about being able to not come to England and all of that. They've all had these problems of being able to come to Europe and, yeah. and America or whatever it may be. But he wasn't even allowed to do shows in Jamaica, which was, I think, part of, I think he preempt a lot of that which is why you started to see even more of the business side of him. 100%. I feel like the business side of him still was very techie. I remember going to Jamaica, yeah. I was in Jamaica when they, the year that they caught Dudas as well. I was 2010. there. Yeah, I was there. Man, I was before there. or after? Before. I, I just got back and they must have caught him two weeks later. But I'll get into that, yeah. Man. But um, 
the thing was, yeah, with him is that even with the business side, going to Jamaica and seeing so much people bleaching off his thing yeah. was hard to see. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I'm seeing someone who is using their influence, in my opinion, in the complete wrong way. Yeah. But you know what? He can't do shows. He can't. He's just trying to figure out ways that he can try and, yeah. you know, maintain a certain lifestyle. Yeah. However, you now become a nuisance. Yeah. You now become a nuisance. And yeah. what, what does he go and do? Gives Either gives a reason for someone to lock him up for God knows how many years, mm. or he's put in a situation now where you know what, even if you wasn't a part of it, even if you didn't do it, you were standing next to my man, we need, you got, you mm. have to go. Because mm. we don't know what you're going to end up doing if you end yeah. up staying out here. Yeah. I will never understand Vibes Cartel. Never. Like, how someone can be that good at something, at so many things. Effortless. He he ran, um, he ran the dancehall scene from jail. Yeah, he still kind of does. Yeah, for the past 15 years, yeah, 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 he's, yeah, yeah. he's run it from jail. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's mad. It's, it's ridiculous. Mad. He was like the most listened to dancehall artist, and everyone else in the top ten was at least ten years younger than him. Yeah, yeah. Some of them were twenty years younger than him. Yeah, yeah. So he's a different breed, but for some reason, he what he liked the badness, blood. He liked the fuckery, really. Yeah, he was. I feel like he was. A, he was addicted to that. And I, do you know what I? Again, yeah, I don't know. I've I've never met Movado, yeah. But watching this, watching that situation between them two play out was like, honestly, in my mind, I was I was looking at two men, one man in particular who didn't like. I had to do it because of my ego. That was Movado in it. Like, I'm what? Like, did we have to? Okay, we're into that. So but I don't want to really, really do this. No one does. <laughs> but I felt like Cartel was on a. I'm prepared to do this until. Yeah. You have till you leave, yeah. until you leave, and yeah. whatever you leave means is whatever you mean you leaving means. Yeah, and um, whatever that is, if it's the ultimate sacrifice, it's the ultimate sacrifice. I'm prepared to do that. But it was really good then to see them yeah. sitting together and saying, "Ah, right, cool. Yeah, you know what? Like a lot of people are dying in this thing or what whatnot. It's a such an interesting story. Like you lot have to go and listen to that because you break it down in a very, very in a very good way. And I think it's quite relatable to elements of s- the deeper issues anyway mm. into like what happens here as well. Do you know yeah, what I mean? 100%. I think you can take the template and apply it everywhere across the black, you know, Western world. All of our neighbourhoods are going through the same thing. There's been a long-term breakdown of conflict resolution. So what we find is that it's safer to handle justice by ourselves. We take matters into our own hands. That's how it starts off. You have to do that on the block. You have to do that in the community. But then you move out and develop or you become part of an increasingly disrespectful culture. You know what I'm saying? It started with the clashing. The tongue is powerful. The the, the tongue is powerful. All the clashing, all of the things that they were saying, only to go and shake hands and just say like nah you lot is cack you know what I'm saying I know people have died but it's cack it's just, it's just we're just trying to make money but we've come from an environment where our idea of making money our idea of what it is okay to say and what it's not okay to say all of that stuff is a little bit warped so now you get these youths saying mad disrespectful things on songs and wanting to follow through 
they grow up wanting clout they want the reputation of he will do what he says and he will he will do a mad thing he, he says madness because he does madness do you get what I'm saying all of our communities are going through this and really and truly we need a way out though. Mm. we need a way out I, I'll, I'll be real I, I'm at a point in my life where I'm, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable to say this for most of my career but now I want to call on the rappers yeah to take ownership of the streets you know what I'm saying take leadership dog I know it's not as simple as go and run your block but a lot of the time when you talk to a rapper about why they say what they say they'll say that they're not going to be as relevant if they don't say what the people don't want to hear and I just want to invite my brothers to, to think about it as you set the thing you are the leader now you tell these youths what is cool tell them it's not cool to be carrying no knife tell them it's not cool to disrespect people tell them it's not cool to give with one hand and take with the other do you get what I'm saying you're a rapper now you, you've got an opportunity to do it differently do you get what I'm saying for most of my career I tried not to say this because I knew that the white media might take it to be like George the Poet is shitting on rappers and he's our, he's our guy that we can say this behind now yeah, yeah 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 but really and truly I'm getting tired of seeing these rappers chat shit when it matters when everyone's listening and then when something bad happens you know you're just saying the same things that everyone else is saying oh I shouldn't have to come to this da, 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 da. stop chatting shit in the yeah, music yeah 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 I think that like I think that the the talking when something bad happens is not always the most productive so like what I mean by that is if we don't if we if we're not hearing you ever say it outside of it and then something bad happens then of course you're going to say it because something bad happened but if you say it outside of something bad happening sometimes it resonates more because it's like maybe that's a genuine feeling that you actually have as opposed to saying it because you feel like you need to say it because something bad has happened in it literally and and if you say it in the music if you say the right thing in the music bro it goes a long way enough I don't think that you're just all of your fans are just gonna fall off and you just you're gonna get no ratings if you just start saying you know what I'm saying to the youth them how they need to pattern up and get clean money yeah, yeah, yeah. like we should be telling we're all getting clean money now yeah, yeah that should be a big talking point in our music as much as trapping when you was trapping six seven years ago yeah. Big up Russ because he made a good point. I don't know why anyone wants to talk about what they did six years ago, but all right, cool. If that's your narrative, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at least talk to them about the other side of it. Otherwise, we're wasting time. When the when the bad stuff happens, we start talking about when will things change. And the change, the opportunity for change happens every time you step in the booth. That's If you pass up all them opportunities, there's no point talking about that one day when things go wrong or when the, when the feds... You know how much man jumped on my team when I got into it with the feds? But I've never heard I've I've never heard nothing from you before or after that. Right. Famous rappers that man look up to and respect. The only time you've ever really engaged with man or promoted what I do or said to the world, this is a good guy, is when I have a situation with the boy then. Yeah. But what about every other day of the year, my G? Yeah, right. They uh, yeah. That's because the reason why they've done that is because alright, they look at that. They jump to that because they look at them as an op. Yeah. So it's like, ah, right, cool, yeah. Yeah. Fam, yeah, right, fucking, yeah, it's right, yo, yeah, these men are ops, whatever, yeah. boom, 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 boom. 
Then outside of that, it's quiet now again. Literally. Literally. I, and I think it's the, the point is they don't see it as their job to be leading the streets. They see it as their job to leave the streets. And once they've done that, they're cool. But it has to... Now we have to envision something that hasn't been there before. Envision the leadership that we never had when it came to the streets. The, the man them were there, but usually the people that were saying what I'm trying to say were broke. Mm. So we weren't really trying to hear that. It was man that came home from jail. It's man that would now turn Muslim or turn Christian and really wanted to give their lives to the community. And we didn't respect that because we saw it as soft or they're not on nothing anymore because they're washed now. But we need to say this when we're up. They need to see us shining, looking good, getting money, getting views, saying clean money. Mm. Get clean money. Find a craft. Stick to it. Work hard. Support your brethren. Invest in your talent. A little bit of money. Trade-offs. Compromises. Discipline. Mm. They need to see us saying that now, not when we're past it. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, while you're, like, while you're young. Facts. Yeah, because you are, as again, I think you look at someone who's, if they're telling you this in their 50s and that, it, to a young you, you're old. Of, no, I ain't trying to hear that. I ain't trying to hear that, man. No, like, you would we, say that. Yeah, exactly, of course. And you should be on that. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm going to be on that when <laughs> I'm old get too. There. When I get there, <laughs> I should be on that if I get there. Do you understand what no, I'm saying? No, I ain't trying to hear that, man. And when I reflect on the Movado and the cartel thing, like I said, I see waste. I see a lot of wastage. Do you get what I'm saying? I see a lot of squandered potential, a lot of power wasted. I'm tired of it. I see it every single generation because we think that we can outsource change. Mm. We think that we can just take care of our family and a couple of our brethren and complain when it comes to elections. And me complaining and talking about what I don't like, that's me doing my bit. Fuck is wrong with you, bro? 24-7, you should be trying to generate more jobs for black people. 24-7, you should be pumping knowledge into the community. 24-7, you should have a presence in jail. Just your voice telling man, hold your head. You know what I'm saying? We, when you're out, there's opportunity. Stay yeah. focused. I'm, I was the only one for years. I don't even know if, I'm, if it's changed since. But out of all of the mandem that came from where we come from, I'm the only one that had a, a radio show on jail in this, from the scene. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. But that's free. It didn't cost me nothing to set that up. I could go, you could go to jail anytime. They're dying to hear from you. So it can't just be all Instagram activity or TikTok activity. Man, I have to really start stepping up and become creative about how we're going to change the situation for the youths. Facts. That radio show thing, talk on that a little bit. So I linked up with National Prison Radio and I took the podcast and I just play an episode a week and I'll uh, sit down with a few men in Brixton a few men that are doing their time there and they're, they're also on a radio programme right and we'll just discuss like how me and you are chopping it up now that's yeah. exactly how it works yeah yeah yeah, to yeah. Get, like I made the podcast to be educational material really right for prison education really because I was thinking to myself from 2015 I started doing prison workshops and I, I got a poem about it where I'm I'm talking about how one, one time I had to go to Brixton the man them told me, I asked the man them what, I, what they think of no the man them asked me what I think of rap and I'm telling them you know 
it's good, but there can be more. Mm. But how do I show them that? That became my question. And the way I show them is to make this podcast where I break it all down. Mm. I show you the genius of it, but I talk to you about the world behind it. Right. So that's what I do in, in, in prisons. They need that. We need that as a community, you know, because we devalue what we're doing. We don't realise. In my opinion, this is going to replace education. Yeah. I don't know why we keep sending these youths to Prus that some Prus really get the job done. But for a lot of them, the people that don't know is a pupil referral unit here where you go just before jail or where you go when mainstream school can't take you and you're just too outside of their patterns. Is that what do you, they, we used to call centre? Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, for a yeah, certain yeah. generation it's centre. Centre, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if certain areas is centre as well. Um, but yeah, like, if you know that there's a big link between school not going your way and people ending up in jail, then why are we not trying new ways of educating these youths? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they can learn all of these skills to put the music together and they can tie together all this language and all this maths, then why are we not meeting them in what they're actually interested in and making that the GCSE, make that the degree and only use it to teach them how to create a business, really. Mm. It shouldn't be about, oh, I'm coming home and my parents asking me who's going to employ me. I'm going to employ me because I know my thing. Mm -hmm. I know why I write what I write. I know how it relates to society and I know how to get money out of it. Mm. But, yeah, that's... I'm giving you too much. That's now, my, do you know what? That's my 15-year plan. Is it, yeah? I hope... You, <laughs> I believe in you, bro. You know, like, I think sometimes another thing that we probably do a lot or people do a lot is, like, moan about, you know, like, our communities and then, like, how we've been moved out of our communities and stuff like that, yeah? And I always think about, like, areas like Southall, for example, yeah? And I say to myself, like, it doesn't feel like them areas could be gentrified like yeah. that because of the unity that they have over there, yeah? Yeah. And maybe even the business acumen in the sense that, like, right, we, you know what, if it means that a lot of us have to live in a small property together for a, for a while, for us to save P, buy this place, do that, whatever it may be, at least we can keep it, we've got our own, yeah? yeah. Whereas, like, it seems as though what happens is, in ours, is that we don't have that same type of business acumen or unity or that business unity where we're like, okay, cool. What is it that we can really do to keep our community in a certain way as opposed to, like, just getting money and leaving? Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? 100%. If we keep doing that, then the areas that we once knew and loved will not exist anymore. Literally everyone will just end up going and we don't have like Halsden will not be Halsden anymore yeah. um, Brixton will not be Brixton anymore Peckham will not be well, and they already you're starting to see them changing yeah. I'm not always mad at the change by the way because sometimes like you know I go to some of these <laughs> it's funny like I know this is mad but I wasn't going Peckham when I was a youth really I went there one time to right, go and check right. a gal and yeah. it was techie <laughs> and it was yeah. techie yeah. now I go there for drinks yeah. <laughs> there's rooftop bars and that yeah. I know yeah. it's mad but, but like I said it is nice to see nice things in the end it's nice to see it's definitely nice to see nice things in the end but it's nice to, all, to also feel like you can be a part of the nice thing in the end exactly but like I don't think that we do enough of trying to make those type of things happen yeah. um 
I think a lot of a lot of the time, people get caught up in their own minds, and then with that, like all of these changes happen, and then the change then affects you, or the change then affects us. By then, it's too late, and then we're sitting and we're moaning about raw. Yeah, you know what? Like flipping. You know, we're getting moved out here and we're getting moved out there. But it's like, okay, cool. What have we? What are we doing together yeah. to try and change that? Yeah, yeah. And we can do that. that but. I know I keep talking about your thing, but that's the significance of a podcast like this. Yeah. This is people's space to reflect. We don't really have town halls like that. Barbershop, especially after oh, the COVID. Town halls used to be a thing, innit? Yeah. Like, just, like, yeah, town halls. Like, exactly. The community used to sit in the town hall and, and, that talk, and talk things through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. this is the town hall now. Yeah, yeah. So you're in a perfect position. And that's, what, that's why I have to say, while I'm on your thing, yeah. i got to give a reminder to the rappers they're all my cousins. That's how I see them. These are my... You know, we're all from the same source. We've just... We we do different things. Or we've grown in different directions. But I want to give a reminder that we are the town hall. Mm. Do you get me? If we all agree on what needs to happen moving forward, no one can't really chat to us. Mm. You Who tells you what to say on this, on, this, on this podcast? Absolutely no one tells me a thing. No one tells and me nothing on my podcast. Do you get what I'm saying? And now, me and you are discussing my podcast mm. on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Which is going to get broadcast to a whole... Right. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lit. Do you think that, like, essentially, like, artists that come from where we come from and that, yeah, when they start going through the roof, they understand that they have power and they probably feel power, but they probably underestimate the power that they really do have, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And And... Maybe man, man and maybe huh? We're young when we get this power. Well, this is it. And do you know what? Maybe as well, yeah. With that, yeah, you're right. That's why these type of conversations and stuff need to be had more so because sometimes some are none the wiser, you know. Yeah, some like, are just none the wiser. That's why I try not to criticize rappers in the public too much because I know that when I get a chance to speak to man, mm. we're gonna hold a reason. Mm. And after that initial reason, every time I talk, every time they see my face. They're going to hear what I'm saying a little bit. Might disagree, but just hear what I'm saying. And as we grow, we now form the elders of the community. We're that network that the generation can come to us and ask for help mm. from. But we need to consciously step up to that. Mm. You said, let me go, I need to get this quote actually, yeah. One second. This was on... This was on freedom of speech, yeah? And it was going back to the episode with um, Vibes and Bovado. Yeah. When Vibes was not able to do any shows anymore, yeah? Um, one of the things that they were trying to push and people were trying to push and people do all the time, we talk about it all the time, yeah? In some way, shape or form is freedom of speech. And to which some people, well, this is like a paraphrase or whatever, yeah? It wasn't, I don't think one particular person has said this, but you had just said this, yeah? where he was like, now you're supposed to know the limits. Freedom of speech doesn't mean that you can breach people's safety and homophobic lyrics, yeah? Mm. Talk to me on, like, how you see freedom of speech. Because essentially, I don't think that there is freedom of speech and I don't always think that that is a bad thing. Okay. Yeah? Okay. Reason being is because I think that, actually... You can be allowed to say whatever it is that you want to say, but you have to understand that certain things that you are going to say, you're going to be held accountable for. Yeah. yeah? 
Um, actually, this is going to make me go on a tangent that you can maybe talk on in a bit as well. I was watching this whole situation play out with the baby, yeah? Ah. And we talked about it a little bit on the pod, but I didn't, I wasn't deep in it properly until I left, yeah? Yeah. And the baby was on stage and he was saying a whole load of madness on the stage. Yo, uh, you make, put your two hands in the sky if you're not outside sucking dick. Yo, you know, you ain't got HIV and died he three weeks. And he went mad, yeah? Now, so he said all of this mad stuff and whatnot. He went nuts. Now, obviously people will look at freedom of speech. He should be allowed to go on a stage and he should be allowed to say X, Y, and Z. To which I say, that's fine. But he, you have to understand that you are going to be held accountable for those words if you say these things. So obviously he's, he's come out and he said, oh, you know, people don't understand. It's a live show and you do this and you say that and boom, boom, boom. So that was like the first defense mechanism to which like there were other rappers that had came out and defended him. Like T.I., who I love T.I., by the way, yeah. I love T.I.'s mind usually, but T.I.'s come out and he's doing his thing of, you know, he's like, try, this is the next thing that people seem to do a lot, yeah. When someone's done something wrong, Instead of saying, you know what, that was wrong. Yeah. You shouldn't have done that. It was yeah. a bit mad. Yeah. Man will say, yo, but what happened when yeah. he did? And yeah. what happened when? So how comes no one ain't done when? I know all cultures do that, but man, them are the king of that. Oh, oh my God. The man, them are the king oh, of that. Oh, bro. It makes me sick. So, so, so then there's all of that, yeah? And I'm like, and I'm like, again, sometimes man have to just be able to say, to learn and say, you know what? Okay, how is it that I upset people? Like, why is it that people are upset? Hold on, let me just hold my hands up and just, you know what I'm saying? I've, I hear what you say. Uh, yeah, I, I hear it. Now, even in this situation here, yeah, people will look at and say, and it's like, sometimes this comes from our community too, but I'm sure this is like outside of our community too, where people, someone gets held accountable for the words that they say, and then we say, gays run well. See, <laughs> you know what? He's gone on stage, he said one little thing, now we can't do nothing. Gays run well. We got no chance. We got no chance. And I'm like, hold on, wait, wait. Oh, yo, but the festivals, they profit off our culture and the festivals do this. And it's all right when, you know, this person says, nigga, bitch, this, that, and the other, and we can't. Wait, There's a wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's going on here? Hold on, so, hold on. So then I'm like, mm. but we're not thinking about this properly here. Yeah. Firstly, yeah, some people might have some, you might have a valid opinion on, you know, festivals profiting off whatever X, Y, and Z and whatnot. Yeah. But ultimately what's happened is here. It's not the festivals cancelling my man. It's not necessarily just because of what he said. Mm. It's because of the outrage that has been directed at him for what it is that he has said, yeah? yeah? Now, if us as a community, yeah, want to sit and say, well, how comes no one... Trust me, if there's enough outrage on these things that you feel are yeah. when man are saying this in the lyrics or whatever, they will all, they will ultimately respond to that there's too. They will respond to that. But ultimately, if we don't, res if we don't do these things... If we don't speak up and we don't say whatever this, the, whatever we feel the outrage is or whatever, then of course then mm. these things are going to happen. Mm. But ultimately, there's in some way, I'm not saying that like he 
I'm not how they handled all of that, like whether he should have been cancelled off everything or whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But essentially, what I'm getting at here is, yeah, is that we have to look at this freedom of speech thing here and say, mm. if you are going to use it to that degree, you could be held accountable from a group of people that are going to be outraged about something. And I'll anyone, tell you this now. Anyone. If a white man went up on the stage and said, put two hands in the sky if you ain't kissing no nigger. Put two hands in the sky if you're going to bust your... <laughs> Trust me when I tell you, we would be up in... We would be outraged. Right, right. And you would not see him on a festival right. that is tailored yeah. towards... You, you just wouldn't see it. Then. So this is the first thing on that point. I don't see it as a freedom of speech issue. I, I think many of us agree that what he said was out of order. Mm. He didn't really mean it like that anyway. Mm. So it's not really about man's beliefs. And the narrative that a man didn't know better is actually insulting to black people because what, what, what do you mean he didn't know better? He's a 30 year old millionaire, genius of a wordsmith. We're, we wouldn't appreciate that narrative being spun back on us in a different context. Like, oh nah, but he doesn't know better. He doesn't know, you know, you know what they're like, you know where they're from. It's not about no better. It's about, do you know about talking about things you understand versus staying out of things you don't understand? That's a simple concept. If you're going to turn around and say, man, don't really understand the context of HIV AIDS, then why were you speaking on it, innit? Mm. So that's, 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 that's a separate thing. But to the broader point of freedom of speech, I think we've got to acknowledge that it's not, nothing is absolute. This is a human made construct. Mm. It's not like, it's not like God made Adam and Eve and freedom of speech. <laughs> no. Do you know what I'm saying? Freedom of speech is something that we have agreed between ourselves. Mm. And in some parts of the world, that agreement is taken very seriously. In other parts of the world, mm. it's not. I think we're in a part of the world where freedom of speech means something. Yeah. We're also in a part of the world where we're quite spoiled. So we're used to getting away with anything when it comes to our relationship with the media. Like we've grown up with social media, we feel like we can say whatever we want. We're not used to getting arrested for our thoughts anytime it looks like someone is getting attacked for their beliefs. There's bare people that will stand up for them in this society. But I want to flip it a little bit and I want to go over to Africa because many, many young people like us in Africa who are into the same things that we're into, they're debating about the baby right now. Yeah, they're talking about Movado and Vibes right now. Many of them will not only get arrested, but they'll get shot in the face mm. for talking about their government. Yeah, yeah, for real. There's levels to freedom of speech. Mm. Now, because they will get shot in the face for talking about their government, they're very intentional about what they say. Right. So if they are saying fuck the government, they're saying fuck the government and they understand what's on the line. Yes. Yeah. They mean it. Going back to the baby thing. Did you mean what you said? Do you care about anyone who has HIV? Were you in the middle of doing an HIV awareness course when this show kicked off? <laughs> or was that not even on your radar? <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
because the people back home in Africa, I feel, have that heightened awareness of what their words can do, they got to be more selective with them. Over here, without that, what does that make us? Hmm. We're free. We free up. We free up the world. That's why these, uh, you know, certain artists are saying whatever in their music. Well, we abuse it then. Exactly. We just abuse it. It's a double-edged sword. The, the pendulum swings both ways, dog. Hmm. And for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if you're going to dance on your ops's grave and the feds are going to try and get you out of the country, <laughs> for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. Don't drag me and my community into a big conversation about whether the feds want you to prosper. Because is that the issue or is it the issue that you don't care about a mother's pain? Mm. And now God is serving you the consequences of that disregard in ways that you didn't expect. Now you can't move how you wanted to move. And you want the whole world to say, nah, it's his environment, allow it. But just even if that's true, even if it is your environment, it's you one that has to live the consequences of your decisions. We as a community can't bail you out of that. That's a fact of life. So freedom of speech goes both ways, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. My brain just went to the point of, of thinking, do you love, even in that situation with the police and that, it's like, do you hate the police more than you love your brother's, your mum, in a sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how does, what's the percentages of that? Because yeah. if, if the percentages are off, then there's, there's definitely an issue within how you're seeing this and even how you're looking at them. And you know what, bro? Now that I'm getting married and I'm sharing my life with a woman and I'm learning a woman's perspective, I grew up in a house full of boys. I went to a boys' school. I was in studio and barbershop, not for my teens. I didn't have that much access to the female psyche. I realised that where you're dealing with young boys and a lot of this war, the road thing and the rap thing, there's an emotional immaturity that just can't... It's very hard to accelerate past that until you reach your mid-twenties. So enough of these men, if you ask them if they hate the feds more than they love their mum, they can't, they can't answer that. The emotional growth hasn't happened yet. You're asking a 17-year-old, even if you're asking a 21-year-old. Now that I'm getting married at 30, I can see like there's emotions I weren't capable of when I was 21, 17. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. And it's sad because that's why these youths need fathers. Mm. They need to see a man move through this society without dropping the ball. But enough men don't grow up seeing that. So they assume that they're going to go jail anyway. Mm. So where you're asking me if I love the feds or my mum or I hate the people, then what are you even saying to me, blood? That's not what I've been thinking about for the past 13 years. Mm. And it's only been 13 years. For some of these youths. Yeah, for real. How has it been moving into your face for you? Have you had a lot of epiphanies? Well, I feel like I feel like I've been 30 for in my head <laughs> I've been 30 for years. <laughs> in I my just, head you have been as well, I can't lie. There's, <laughs> there's things that my I've been wanting Cambridge to... at 30. <laughs> <laughs> there's things, at there's 30. things that I've been wanting to say and just let people understand about me that it would have been, it was harder to express this when I was 24. Yeah. Most of what I'm saying to you today, most of what I'm like, it was there forever. But I needed to grow through certain stuff. I needed to grow out of certain stuff. I needed to grow towards certain things. 
for me to be able to say, you know, like, I can make myself understood today. So 30 feels calm, man. It feels appropriate. I, I wouldn't want to... I ain't trying to go back to my 20s. Like, yeah. it was fine for what it was when it was. But now that I have all the information and all the achievements and yeah. stuff patterned, like, I'm ready to move on to what's next, which is another problem for the youth. And when I was young... We didn't know any people in their fir- in, our, in their thirties that we looked up to or we were trying to be like. Nah, nah, nah. Not for these seventeen-year-olds have no concept of who they're gonna be when they're thirty. Nah, for real. I mean, yeah, for real. I mean, now though, there's there's it feels like there's better examples though. Yeah, you know I would what I mean. Say that. Like I'm looking at so many artists now. Like we got legends now. Yeah. Like or like early, they're like early into their legendary status. Mm-hmm. Skeptor. Perfect example. Hundred percent. I'm seeing this guy go to um, Hugo Boss in a tracksuit, buy a suit to go and pick up the tailor-made Rolls Royce with a cigar with his brethrens and then it go and eat and that. When I was a young buck, yeah, the only people that were doing stuff like that were millions of miles away from me. Yeah, I didn't know they was them. over. I didn't know the, they was far. They were far. I would, didn't even know what a Rolls Royce was like that. I remember Skepta had a bar. My brethren's got the connect to the Mac. The connect's talking a thousand free. Just about two bills short of a G. Couple more big PAs and hopefully that's me. Wait, hold on. Let me see. I could do something smart with a P. Might buy seven, eight balls with a P. Flip that and buy a brand new TT. That was his thought. That's, that was yeah, money. Yeah. That was budgeting <laughs> yeah. to him back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now man's going, it's yeah. past the TT. <laughs> it's crazy. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. the story's there and definitely we're blessed. That's why I say we're in a good, we're in a good position, man. Black Britain, especially if you're in a city where you can get things cracking and there's a bit of a scene. We're in a good pr- position because we connect a lot of cultures. Look what we've just talked about. We've talked about America, yeah. Jamaica, Skeptics, Nigerian, I'm Ugandan. You know, we connect all of these cultures we have access to big industries. We have legends walking around copying Rolls Royces, 23-year-olds designing Aston Martins and going number one in the albums. We're in a good position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for real. And I'll also mention as well, yeah, that like, even just going back just a tiny bit, companies and um, and businesses as well, yeah, do respond to outrage. So once we select those things properly as well, then you know what? There's a lot of changes that can be made even within that. And sometimes when one of the man them does something wrong, sometimes we should just be able to just say, you know what? <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. Facts. Yeah, sorry, man. You know, learn, sorry. Instead of, if we keep trying to find the, the contradiction in everything, then we can't, it's very difficult to move forward doing that. Sometimes we just have to do that. But also we remember that when once we've done that and it's our turn, that, that has to we have to receive that as well. Do you get yeah, what I'm saying? 100%. Yeah, boom. I man. think that's an example that we need to set to the use. Going back to what you were saying earlier about learning to take it out. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Learn. It's if right. you need to, learn. Or take the L and take a step back and, you know what I mean? Facts. What's life about, bro? Mad. What is life about? I think that sometimes, bro, like, what, like... I said, what's life? What, what, are we, what are we really here for? My mum would say, for the glory of God. 
And the older I get, the more I understand why she says that. Because if you don't have an answer to that question, what are we here for? You got to make one up. Mm. But if you believe that it is for a higher purpose. Then you you ain't got to take on that pressure. Mm. The way you used to just drop that question on me spun me, you know, because I forgot. Like I sometimes I feel like it's on me to come up with all the answers. No, no. But no. the whole point why my mom says glory of God is because it's, it was never on you. Well, this is it. Sometimes I think we do do that, but like I don't know. Sometimes I think to myself, the the con- like concept of life here yeah, changes all of the time remember I mentioned the word concept because essentially we're just living in concepts isn't it mm. but like every period of time the concept changes yeah yeah it was just in a lockdown yeah exactly <laughs> what the hell was that yeah exactly but then there's loads of different concepts like certain things that were illegal before is not illegal anymore facts after you know, all that time that all after spent. all of that after thousands of years of it being however you understand what I'm saying which then makes you think well in thousands in a thousand years time like What's what is it that we're looking be? at that is super normal that like super illegal yeah. that then becomes the norm then I think about it all the time in this sense yeah your grandkids are going to look back at you and think you was funny for something that isn't funny funny yeah now. exactly well it's fashion isn't it yeah. that's that's a that's a that's an easy example. Mm. It's like, they'll look back. We do that with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Look back at some of the older pictures where the flipping... Give it 10 years. What? Like the boot, like the jeans was hanging on the floor. Whatever you was doing 10 years ago always <laughs> look crazy. They, the, the jeans were hanging on the floor, bro. And that was drip. That was proper drip. I was... Um... Ain't it mad that that would get you attention? <laughs> like drip would get you attention from whoever you wanted attention from. Mm. But them same people now, if you came wearing drip from back then, it would get the opposite effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ain't that mad? Yeah, like it's crazy. How things just, like yeah. you're saying, how things change. It's nuts. I was looking at a picture of, did you watch the um, the Locks versus Deep? Uh, um, I, I, I caught the highlights. Yeah. Oh, sensational <laughs> stuff. Beautiful, man. But beautiful um, did you predict that wipeout? Bro, let me tell you this, yeah. Oh, let's it. talk about Go it. Go because I wanted to talk about it today as well, actually, to be fair. You know, it's what is mad, yeah? I'm a D-Block fan, innit? I love the locks. But I felt, I've always felt like I've been surrounded by men that love Dipset. I felt like that. Yeah. That they love, love Dipset. They they love dipset. And so for that, like, I like Dipset. I like them. And I've always, like, there's certain things that I've proper rated and all that type of stuff, musically and whatever it may be. But a lot of people that, like, I've been around just loved them. But me and, like, some of my immediates, we were just on the locks, yeah, yeah fully. Yeah. So, like, when this clash came, I was quite disappointed afterwards that I didn't back myself as much. Because <laughs> all I'm hearing is, yo, no, these man are wavy, camera on dips. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Look, yeah. Everything that they said, super valid. Yeah. Bare tunes, and they just had style and all of these type of things and whatnot, yeah. To which, in my mind, I'm like, you know what? What I like Dipset for, I mean, what I like um, the locks for, 
I mean, would I even run them tunes in a clash in that? Like, there's a lot of freestyles and stuff that I like, like yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, they did so many freestyles in that, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if they'd play them, that play those in the clashes and that. And, like, even just have a bit, like, album cuts. I'm one of them, man, like, I like the album cut that no one didn't, didn't really fucks with. Like, yeah, like, you're a music man. Like yeah, that, that's just, that's my thing, innit? Yeah. yeah. But then, like, we were having a conversation um, on it a little bit, which will probably come after this now, yeah. And, like... The man then was talking about Cameron and Dipset and whatever, yeah. And I remember leaving thinking to myself, no, nah, hold on, wait one second. Let me just like, right, let me just go back quickly, yeah. This is before the clash. This is mm. th that same night, yeah. So I'm going back and I'm like, nah, I should have backed them. Like this yeah. was my shit. Yeah. But in my head, I still thought, you know what? Because of um, Dipset's notoriety, mm. yeah. That's just what's going to pull him. I, there was just something in me that was like, I don't even think there's anything that that man could... Because people love these locks so much, yeah? yeah. That, like, um, the locks will be able to come through and do a thing. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. People will always just say, fucking, that Dipset one. Well, I watched this, yeah? I see the man them come out. <laughs> I see um, the locks came out, yeah? And they was ready. Yeah, and Jada Kiss, yeah? They was all match fit. Proper. They were actually in, in good shape. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, like. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, that's the next thing. That's what I said. I said, yo, the first thing I said actually, yeah, when I was watching this whole thing pan out and that, yeah, and I'm watching the locks absolutely smoke these man, yeah. I'm saying like, music aside, I'm looking at a, a stage of men, mm. and on one side, I'm seeing a brotherhood. Yeah. I'm seeing a genuine brotherhood. Yes. And on the other side, I'm seeing friends that ain't seen each other for a little while yeah. and they're just trying to reconnect and I like, know, they're just on that vibe. And do you know what actually surprised me? I underestimated how much of a difference that would make. Oh, massive difference that made. Because we've all been disappointed when the flare-ups have happened, when you're seeing Jimmy saying what he's saying about Cameron, Cameron's jumping on live to discredit Jimmy, Jewels is getting bagged at the airport for a strap and yeah like and no one likes his, he lost to see all that. his teeth and all of that yeah 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 no one likes to see cracking all of that or whatever it was looking was mad yeah we don't like to see that for us but you d you never think about how that actually impacts things mm. so looking at yeah like their presence on the stage and the way they represented their movement versus d block who their man have, have been together yeah stayed together yeah yeah we don't see these squabbles and we always see them in their community evolving. Bits. Yeah. Did you see the height? You must have saw the clip where Jada introed um, New York. I got a hundred. Come on, man. He stands that's there that's and he's like, listen, right? he goes, I don't live in Miami. <laughs> I don't live in Colorado. Come to my block. You know where I'm at. Yeah. You yeah, know where yeah, I'm at. Yeah. In fact, Harlem, where them man are from, you man see me. Yeah. You man see me, innit? Yeah, yeah. Then the tune dropped. I'm like, that's how you intro he Jada Kiss and them man watched the beanie and Bounty Clash. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. watched that. They watched that. I know it's Jada like did the clash before the and whatever, yeah. Mm. But them man saw this and was like, yeah, yeah. we're going back to roots roots. Yeah, yeah. We're that, going back to roots that's, roots. That sound system yeah, yeah, yeah. antics, definitely. Joel's killed himself when he said to Flippin, when he said to Styles or Jada, you don't have no girl tunes. Oh my! He walked God. into that Run one. 
Oh man, the man just dropping J-Lo thing and what? The man has said what? Jada said to Joelzy. You have to block this year. We're from a low to a lot this year. Yeah, yeah. He said to Joelzy, yeah. Bro, we know about Grammys. You don't know about Grammys. You just you know, know about, about Grams. Grams. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been fuming, bro. Oh! Blood, I would have had to. You know when you got oh to downplay it? Oh my god! You, know you got to downplay how mad you are that you, the man just caught you, bro, and you walked oh, into it. It's a bit. But yeah, the man lyricist. It's just levels. I, the clash reminded me that there's actually levels to everything, not just the bars. Everything. But the integrity behind the bars. Right. The cohesion behind the group. You know, the events and there's levels, blood. Preparation as well, man. Mm. You know, like they 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 benefited also, yeah. And I said this before, but I know that a lot of people wouldn't really see it this way so much. But they benefited from having a certified DJ too. I hear who that. really understands I don't know how long he's been DJing for them I'm assuming that he's been their DJ maybe lifelong or whatever yeah, yeah. but really understood them see even when they did that um, the, the girl medley in that yeah? yeah I don't think they planned that okay. when my man said raw like you ain't got no girl to when you have he a DJ when that. you have a DJ that knows your knows the artist yeah, yeah. yeah. you got Serato lined up and a man says oh man you ain't got no girl to what girl yeah. bomb bam yeah, just fling yeah. this in there yeah. Jada said to him what yeah. Let's do the melody. Yeah. The, me- the, med- the medley. medley. The yeah. medley. Let's do the medley. Yeah. yeah? Straight away. Boom. The Ready. DJ's gone on there and done the medley. Ready. And it's popped all off. Ready. Oh my God. Man. No, it was beautiful to see. It was really, Before really that, good yeah, to see. Were any of them in your top five? Who's that? Anyone on the stage. Before the clash, was anyone on the stage? In Rappers alive. Yeah. yeah. In my top five uh no, but J- Jada is in my top ten. I would say though. Mm-hmm. Do you know your top five? Do you, so I had a top ten. You know what? I actually five, have a top. Yeah, I always got to give them this preamble where I think there's different top fives for different things. You know, I actually had. I wrote one. That, let me see if I've got it here still. Let me just have a quick look. You know, one thing I'm doing at the moment, by the way, yeah, mm-hmm. is anytime I get like an epiphany or a thought or whatever. I just write it in my notes. Straight. So like sometimes it might be one line, it might be a quote, or it actually might be five pages. Yeah. Like it might be a, it might be an ideology, Straight. like something that I think or I believe, yeah. and I'm just trying to like, I'm just typing it in my mind, and then just going back and it's reading it. But um, but I did do a top ten somewhere. Do you know what? I don't think I can find it. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find it and I'm going to have it in my notes. I didn't have a top 10 note. I think I did like a top 30. Of what? Rappers. This country, do you separate No, countries? they're all. Like, I'll just put oh, you do it all like together. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all my things. If you had, if you had, see, here's the Retch was in. Retch was in my top 10 though. I had Retch in my top do, 10. Do you know number one? I think my number one, my number one might have been Drake, you know. I hear that. I hear that. My number one might have been and Drake. And I respect you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. Drake, to me, like, I know the pen is questionable because of whatever the fuck people do always I don't like really do have that. that. I don't really, but I, I don't feel for like me, the pen is questionable. For me, exactly. So for me, I don't believe so. Yeah. I feel like he, he's too... 
the things that he says is too personal yeah, you can't, for it to you, you, you can't, can't just someone to express you exactly like yeah there's been whatever the little vibes thing or whatever yeah but for me yeah for Drake to be doing it no sorry like only... sorry 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 Drake was my number two Jay-Z was my number one right. Jay-Z was my number yeah. one what but but sense? the reason why I mentioned um, Drake here yeah, is because for me I was always saying that I always felt like I could make an argument for why he was number one or why no, he could be number one that's a good one. category but, for number two yeah but for me yeah Jay-Z for me even when I listened to um, sorry going back to the D-Block thing just very quickly yeah you must you would have missed this part but the DJs were playing before their man had come out yeah yeah um, the Lox's DJ was playing. He must have been playing for like 20 minutes, yeah? And he was shelling. Mm. Um, Dipset's DJ came on for like five minutes and killed the vibe. He was he, old man playing young man tunes and th- he wasn't reading the oh, audience. It, it. It. They didn't want to flip his snap <laughs> fingers and do the TikTok yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted to hear old shit. And they came for what they came for. So like when this DJ was going back and dipping into some of the old J and that as well, yeah? I'm like, listen to the, listen to the Don. Yeah. Listen to the Don. Yeah. Like the old J all the way up to, I'm always up for hearing a new J verse. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But for me, Drake, yeah, the reason why I hold Drake so high up there like that is just like, <sighs> lyrically, I just think the guy is incredible, bro. He is. I really do. I think he's he incredible. Is. And I think he suffers from the same thing Stormzy suffers from, where it's just too much shine right now. People can't see it right now or don't want to acknowledge it right now because it's too shiny. It's actually blinding a lot of man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think the talent is so, and the movement is so impressive that you're going to look back on it on it and realise that that was a once-in-a-lifetime event that you yeah, you're not Yeah, you're not seeing that again. You're not seeing that, not for a long time. It's too but, shiny, blood. But also, as well, yeah, with Drake, oh, I lost the point, actually. Um... Oh, I lost it. But yeah, flipping. And I feel like the songwriter thing, like one of the reasons I've never really, really given too much energy to that argument is because I only heard the reference of like a singy thing. And singing is a different business from rapping. So you rapping, yeah. Like, that's what I was going to say. Sorry, yeah. You see what you said that like people don't see it now because of it being too shiny, yeah? Which is right. I think the one thing that he has, yeah, and one of the reasons why he is so good is because even being so good and being at such a... Being the that guy, mm. he's still so doubted. And for him, that puts him in a place where it's like, I feel like he taps into that, which makes him even more cold. Because it's like, you know what, yeah? I know that you still think yeah. whatever it is that you think. Or you feel that I'm yeah. whatever this guy. And every time he goes into the booth and it's time to speak, like, yeah, he you. taps into that. <laughs> and you know what? Someone like Stormzy should do the same thing as well. Because, you know, there's like, commercially, people look at Stormzy as the guy or whatever. Mm. But in our elements of our community or whatever, people, some people will look at, ah, oh, you know, he does, makes this and does that. Whatever it is, yeah. Which I think is all bollocks to me, yeah. My opinion. But it's like, you know what, bro? Tap into that. Tap into it elements depends. of you that and remind them. Like, remind you, them. But but you're saying that as a listener, as a fan, isn't it? I'm saying that as a fan, yeah. And I, one thing I always, because I'm a performer, because I'm an artist, one thing I always have in my mind is like, you you never know the artist's truth. You see the presentation. 
But you don't know, like, and it only happens after the fact when, for example, God rest his soul, Mac Miller or yeah. Juice World yeah. leave, and people are like, you know, the the, the sales shoot up, DMX, mm. the the stream shoot up, and at the time you're not, but just before they passed, you weren't thinking how much you appreciate what they've already done. No. You know what I'm saying? You you're only thinking how much more you want. Wow. To be honest, whatever keeps man like The Weeknd, 10 years ago was my favourite artist. Okay. Because of House of Balloons. And ever since House of Balloons, I've wanted him to go back to that. But he hasn't. And I've, ha- I've learned to just let that go. I'm never yeah. going to get that again. Yeah, he's not there. But when you listen to what you were saying in House of Balloons, I don't mm. want his life to go back there. Yeah, exactly. So you never know he the man's He wouldn't want to be exactly... You get me? He's not Whatever there anymore. it is that will keep man happy, healthy yeah. and still with us. Yeah, I think as fans, we should look at the fact of, of like, you know what? I'm so happy that you gave me that. But also, I'm very happy that you're not there anymore. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what I'm, Same as Jay-Z's music. Like, the early thing, what made it so, what made part of it so good was that he was fresh off the roads. Yeah, yeah. But you don't want him to go back there. Nah, I love honestly, bro. I love when Jay's talking about how much the thing on the wall costs and how much the daughter's <laughs> socks are. I like me, I like that. Yeah. I love all of that. You see, when Ed Sheeran was rapping and that, yeah, yeah. even then, I was saying, I think I came on here and I said, Ed, I want you to come and, and let me know how much the mattress costs. Yeah. You understand? I want that. See, because it's all well and good doing the watch. <laughs> I bought the bus that because a lot of our rappers do that, innit? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like, yo, I got the bus down, bus I went to flipping Hat and Garden and put this on the bed. That, that's all cute in it yeah but when a man turns around and says you know what yeah spent 60 racks on a mattress yeah. and I bought it from thing you're to me I'm it. like what that's a different it. level of like, even 60 morning, racks was, for the mattress even this morning I was thinking about that Stormzy bar um, she want to go to the cinema so we just walk downstairs yes I was thinking about that I was like, that that's what I like <laughs> I like that um, let me ask you something now, now that you've heard that episode of my podcast yeah mm-hmm. This is a bit of a weird question, but I feel like I'm never going to make it to a top five conversation. What, as in? In a podcast, like your podcast or whatever, not necessarily yours, but when the man them are talking about their top five. Podcasts? Top five. Remember, I said to you top five and you you just had a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, You assumed I was talking about rappers. Yeah. I had to identify if he was talking US or over here. That's where our minds go as consumers, as listeners right now. Yeah. And I feel like I'm kind of one of one. Yeah. So I never get considered in any top five uh, conversations. But in my opinion, I'm, I could make a case for top five a few things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's storyteller yeah, yeah, yeah. or lyricist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now that you know what I'm on and you've heard that, that podcast episode, Bro, when I listened to the first podcast, I said to myself, because I listened to the very first one you did, and I thought, oh my God, I ain't had no shit like this before in my life. <laughs> I was like, what is this? It was so like, and then in my mind, I was thinking, how do, how do you, like, how are you doing that? Yeah. I actually went onto your, um, what was it? I was on your Instagram, yeah? And you had a picture of you and like someone else. I think someone that you do it with or whatever. And I think it was like a, a wrap-up picture, like I just finished doing a thing or whatnot, yeah? yeah. But I was really like zooming into like where you was, <laughs> like and how you do, and how you doing that, like. Yeah. Um, but what the question is, like where where do you fit into? 
Yeah. All right, so you just kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like, yeah. you hear my thing, you're thinking, what is that? Like, what is it? How does it come together? Where does it go? What, that's mad. But why do you have to fit into something? I don't feel the need to fit into nothing. Clearly, that's why my career is the way it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm never, like, exerting myself to do, to try and connect with something that I'm not already part of. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I get my my uh, my bridging was at my yard earlier. And he was looking at my trophy cabinet, yeah. hella hella awards. Yeah. yeah, I get bare awards. I've had about fifteen awards in the past year alone. Right, I never get awards from the culture though. Right, and now it sounded like this is burning me, and I really no 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 no. But it's just now that we're just chatting, and so yeah. I'm just going on a tangent, and I'm like, it's it it. I feel like there's probably young people that would have probably paid more attention to me mm. if I was more on their radar in that sense. Like, oh, they put him in a top five conversation or he got he was nominated for X, Y, and Z. But obviously I stepped away from doing music. That was the last time I qualified for the categories that the Culture Dishes Awards out for. Yeah, yeah. And I'm quite low-key with my... I know my thing. I know I'm low-key. I'm not really too fussed about being in every conversation or in every space. But yeah, now that we're talking and you've heard that episode, which is one of my favourite episodes that I've done so far. Right. I'm just wondering, like, where would you... If you had to put it in a league table, for example, forget podcasts, because I don't think it really qualifies. Everyone everyone has a different definition of podcast right now. Yeah, people do have different definitions of podcasting. But, but there a, are, like... On a lyrical the thing is though, thing, like, body of work or rap related because at the end of the day it's, it's bars isn't it it is it is actually still it's storytelling mm. it's storytelling but the way that you deliver it is that sometimes you can almost forget that it is bars until you start like for me when I listen to you yeah and I'm hearing you tell a story it's like I keep getting reminded that oh you're rhyming right like because you say stuff like I'm listening to the story and then like then I catch the bar and I'm like, oh yeah, it's a bar. Then I'm like, oh yeah, that's a bar. Right. But I like, I'm not listening to it, thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to be listening to bars. I'm kind of going to it, listening to it, like, oh, what are you? What is it that you're talking about? Like, what is the message? Um, you're someone with substance, so usually when you come out and you speak on stuff, usually there's a message behind it, but you have a certain way of articulating it. Honestly, I have not thought about where you would be placed in in the table of like a podcast or whatever but I don't I haven't even thought about that generally anyway like I haven't I can't I don't have a list of like I only listen to a few different things so I don't have like a list of what is my and ultimately this is still this is still relatively new here when I'm sitting and saying like I could do a top 50 rappers mm. but remember like I've lived and there's so much different rappers that have crossed my radar and that I listen to and rate and whatever it may be or singers I can do the same with singers mm. yeah that I have like emotional connections to and all yeah. of these type of things yeah. it would be easier for me to do that but in this case I don't know see with the award stuff and that though I think that maybe I do think that maybe uh, there's an element of our scene that probably does overlook you in some way because I don't know if it's an I don't know if it's an intentional thing. I just don't know if 
people know about you and they know what you do. Mm. I don't know if the, if certain people within it actually are paying full attention to what it is that you're actually doing as unless you were coming out and saying what you said before, speaking about the police or, mm. you know, speaking about a big issue that is now affecting everyone. But artistically in that, like if someone was to hear it, then they would, I know immediately they're going back and they're listening to all the other shit on a vibe of rah. What the fuck? I didn't, yeah. but I do think that like, they might post it. I don't know if they're listening to it though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like that they people might share it because it's man them. Yeah. Yeah, I'll share yeah, it in I that. Know, man. Yeah. But like they're I not. said, we're all cousins like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my man will share man will share man's thing in that, but yeah. I ain't heard it. I ain't heard it. I know you got something, but I ain't heard it. I know, I know, I know. I things are very different for me because I like to know about pretty much everything that is going on and like to try and find try and listen to as much as I possibly can listen yeah, to. Yeah, you do it professionally. You're good yeah, like that. That's just me. So I, th- those type of things are not, um, are p- not passing my radar. Mm. But yeah, I think that those things definitely pass theirs. And like, you know, for me personally, bro, like I don't, I don't usually get included to, I don't get included to like, um, when it comes to nominations and stuff a lot of the time. That's a good point. Um, I don't get invited to a lot of things. But I'm actually so cool with it. Mm. And the reason being, maybe for me, is that like it 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 makes my job or what I have to do easier in a way. Because I can come here and I can say what I want. Yeah. Like I'm not if I'm being invited to everything and I'm going to everything. And yeah, you're tied to everything. Yeah, then there'll be a part of me that feels like, oh, do you know what? I can't really critique this. Because yeah. like, do you too, know what I'm saying? Yeah, or like, too, I'm involved too, in everything or whatever. Yeah, you're too close to it. I don't, want, I don't, go, I don't go on the net and um, have any type of envy though. When I see man, like people at Fort Park and all these type, in my head, I'm like, that's sick. Like man, like hired out this and these lot are doing mm. this over here or whatever. I think all of that or when in a, um, in a, an award thing comes out or whatever, I'm like, oh, that's kind of, I'll sit and have a conversation about it, maybe mm. amongst my friends or might sit here and have a conversation on it on the pod or whatnot. But like, I feel for me, bro, and some people would be surprised by this, but I feel like for the majority of my career, I've been overlooked so much of it. I have got a podcast from the back of being overlooked. But you know what's interesting? And, I, and it worked, and it, for me, it's worked out. It works. Like, I think, what you said is very powerful because like you said, you're fine, you're secure. There's a security within you, a mental and emotional security to where you don't have that FOMO of feeling like you need to be everywhere. But your thing works. The reverse I see is people who are actually well integrated into the scene and in my opinion, they're quite widely celebrated, sometimes feeling like they're not getting their flowers. In my opinion, it's like, what they're describing is something that we're all going through on some level. But by talking it up and making it a talking point on social media, this isn't really an indirect to no one. It's a, mm. I'm reacting to things that I've seen over the years. But by making it a talking point and being like, why am I not getting my flowers? You're now drawing, your, you're drawing my attention as a follower or a fan to that side of your personality. Exactly. exactly. Whereas I didn't even know Chucky felt like that. Yeah, yeah, I no. always thought... Cause to me your thing's just just popping. Like everyone everyone knows your thing. Nah, man, I get overlooked enough. But that's it's it's genuinely fine. I'm like, oh, it's cool. I just for me, I keep my head down and I do my thing. And you know what? I feel for me, like people that need to know, 
in terms of like calling shots or whatever it is, they know. And however they, however they decide to move or however I decide to move is going to be where it is. But ultimately I got my, I'm here and like, I'm just trying to build what I'm building as big as possible, trying to do some collaborations here and there or whatnot. But for me, it just feels good that I can come here whenever I want and I can speak. All I need to do is ring Callum. Yo, Callum, like, fucking, you're about. Yeah, come. I, and there's been times where we've sat here and it's just been me and him. I ain't even had a guest. Mm. Callum's just sat there, put one camera, and I've just sat and spoke to Callum and Callum's asked me questions. And I love that I can do that. Yeah, and I can yeah. do it at whatever. I can do it whenever I want to do it. It's to me, cool, that is where, like, my sort of yeah. happiness sort of, rela- like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, real. Is that. But, but, um, but yeah, I think, see with you, yeah, this is why I think it's like perseverance is such an important thing because accolades is good. Like sometimes accolades is good. Like when you are being um, respected by your peers or people within the scene or whatever it may be that will turn around and say, oh, you know what, this is good. Or like they're showing that they're paying attention to certain things. But that's why I just think that like perseverance is is key because... The more that you do it, and the more um, people that are driven to what it is that you are doing, yeah, at some point, those people within our culture and with our in our scene that might, you know, do whatever it is that might feel as like like certain things that keep you um, overlooked or separate or whatever it may be. At some point, someone's gonna turn around and look and say, "Hold on, wait, what?" I- what actually is going on over here? 100%. And then, then they're like, oh shit, yeah. that's what, oh, we missed that. Yeah. Now we need to jump on. Yeah. We need to jump on. By then you've already got your thing. You've exactly. already got a fan base that is solid. It's like, if you want to jump on, that's fine. If you exactly. don't, it is where it is. Exactly. If you start it off the back of literally trying to, I don't want to say a piece because it sounds, that has like a negative sort of connotation in this conversation. Yeah. But if it's, for the accolades of them and then you don't get it and then you stop then no one ever knows literally then no one ever knows you're doing it just for that and just for that that's why you you might as well be doing something that you believe in 100% because it's going to be a long time when you're lonely and no one cares and it's going to be you know some moments where a lot of people come around and they want to see something real do you feel undervalued though? hell no that's probably why I don't I'm not too pressed about my position in the scene. Yeah. Because, first of all, I feel very respected in the, in the scene and in the community. So you should. Um, differently, what I have made is not, it's not easy. No, no, no. So I get it if, it's a, if it takes a while to really set in people's minds. Yeah. Like you said, when you heard the podcast, the question is like, what is this? How does he make it? People can't relate yet. So... But for for something that's only been going... It's uh, sick, though, when you're in your own... When you are just doing your own thing, bro. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. Like, you're doing your own thing. And you know what? Like, I think it's kind of good when people just don't get it. Yeah. Like, they just I'm don't understand it. Yeah, like, they don't understand it yet. Like, they don't. people don't know where to pace you. Like, they don't... That is actually a real good place to be I'm in. I'm enjoying it. And I, I kind of want to stay in this... I want to stay in that lane for as long as possible if I can be like that my whole life where yeah. they don't know where to place man that would be a good achievement for me um, but at the same time not to discredit my listeners 
Yeah. They know what time it is. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's We're it. having a blast right. over, over here. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that it's gonna not everyone can follow the directions. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. But if you was to link up with us mm. and be part of what we're being part of, you're you're gonna have a good time, man. Yeah, man. Do you get what I'm saying? That's that's why I felt like it was necessary to add not just a podcast, but that you know that that platform that I was telling you about. Yeah, oh yeah, go for it, yeah. Talk talk on that. So basically, along with this chapter of my podcast that I'm rolling out week by week right now, yeah? Yeah. I've launched a, an online platform. It's called Common Ground. Yeah, I had a little look at it. Right, so it's like a discussion space that you can go to after you've heard the episode. And the reason that's important for me is because, yeah, the podcast is very creative, it's very lyrical, and I'm proud of it on, on that level. But differently, like you said, the substance... I don't want it to just be like, oh, I heard George the Poet's thing and, you know, I, I respect him. Like, he, he he sounds like he means what he says. I want it to be like, I heard his thing and I connected with some people that felt very strongly about that same issue. And now we're working, now we're in communication, now I'm aware of them. So the way the, pod, the, way the platform works is that you hear an episode of my podcast, you go, you go straight over to gtpcg.com and you're able to give man a little bit of feedback, right? So I've, I've got a couple questions. How did you find the episode? What did it make you think of? What do you think about freedom of speech, for example? Or what do you think about the need to make money on the roads versus the influence that the music has on the youths? We can talk about that because we've listened to the same material. Like you just talking about Jay-Z. I've got a whole episode on Jay-Z. And I know that you can get into that episode because we have a common interest in Jay-Z's music. Do you get what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to get artists to look at what we do a little bit different. Right? We're, yeah, they might look at us as the talent and the face of the drip or whatever they're trying to sell. But what we bring to the table, our experiences, very valid. Mm. That's why I say this thing's going to overtake education eventually. It's going to overtake politics eventually. All we need to do is find ways of gathering people around our thing, making it worth their while, making sure we're kicking some real substance into their lives, and the party can, can, can continue. Dope. I respect that massively. Respect. All right, boom. My thing, because I was going to ask you, I always do this, what is one thing that people need to know about, yeah? Um... Mine is going to be your pod. Yeah. I think that people actually have this episode in particular. Yeah. Go and listen to that episode. Like, it's so good. What is it? Is it called Movado versus um, Vibes Cartel? Is that what it's called? It's called Movado and Vibes. Movado and Vibes, right? Yeah. Uh, cool. And how can they. You can get that on. Uh, right now, you can listen to it on BBC Sounds. Yeah. Um, but you can get the rest of the podcast on all podcast platforms. Okay, so wherever you get your podcast, yeah. Go, listen. Trust me, yeah. Go and listen to that. I promise you, it's proper good. Callum, you should listen to it as well. It's really, it's really, really good. You'll learn a lot from it. Um, the way that you paint the pictures and stuff like that in there is so, so good. Um, so, yeah. What is one thing that people need to know about? could be anything it could be a brand it could be an Instagram page it could be a tune it could be sunglasses it could be anything funny you say that man people need to know about the world's first and only sunglass uh, 
manufacturer that is purely for African features. See, what happens is the whole sunglass industry is based on Caucasian features, isn't it? Yeah. There's a little sector of Asian, but there's nothing for the African people's features, isn't it? So, K-I-M-E-Z-E.com. We pronounce it Chimeze, but it looks right. like Kimeze. That is where you can get your um, premium, premium African eyewear, sunglasses, glasses, frames, whatever you need. Um, started up in Northwest London. Oh, sick. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, yeah, that's definitely something that people need to know about. Caleb, have you got one? No. Come on, my G, bro. Next Come week. on, brother. Yeah, have one next week, yeah. Um, bro, thanks for coming, man. My pleasure. Do, do you get married this year? Yeah. Uh, can we record after you get married? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I want to sit down because you know, like my listeners know, yeah, I love, love. Yeah, and I want to talk. Look at his face. See? Yeah, I got Just a lot to say. I got a lot to say. Can we can we do that? Hundred percent. Yeah. Man. Uh cool. Just let me know like once thing whatever. Oh, I'm gonna keep in touch with you in that. Yeah. yeah and then it would be really good to like sit and record with you after you not the day after, but you know what I mean after your wedding. If you might go on a little honeymoon or whatever, you can do that. But if not, if you're back in the ends, I'd love to sit down and talk to you still. Just more about on that aspect, yeah, love, that, and more life stuff. Because I got a bunch of deep questions and that, and I wanted to get into. You know, when I start doing the oh, like what's life about? And but we, you know, what I mean, we're fully in, so there's no point in doing that now. That, but bro, thanks for coming through, bro. Proper appreciate it. Good luck with it all, Thank and you very we'll much. be back on that other side, isn't it? Man, yeah, we are married, man, and tick. Come on. I think lastly, because this is going to be visually two parts. Go and check. George the Poet's podcast. Have you heard George's podcast? No, is it? Have you yeah, heard George? Yeah, you said it right. Have you heard George's podcast? Go and listen to that. Imagine. Yeah, it's a different thing. It's very, very different, but it's so sick. Yeah, so make sure you go and do that, bro. Love, guidance every time. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.